That was now we're amazing. fucking sweet. That was really nice. What's going on, Delby? Uh, you know, <laughs> just life, man. Just um, just living it the best I can at the moment. Just hanging in Perth. Yeah, you've been on before. People know who you are. Hello, my name is Adam. <laughs> Hello, you got tatted up, bro. What happened? Yeah, I just stopped giving a fuck. job stoppers. Eh? I'm just like I know who I am now, and I just don't care. Like I just. I'm the kind of person, it's like once I get an idea, it's like I just commit to it. So I just go like once a month and I just go, let's do this, let's do this. How tatted up are you now? Pretty. Oh, like, you got your leg covered and stuff. I'm you? doing my leg at the moment because it's real early 2000s vibe. And so I'm just making that. Just erasing your past? Yeah, I'm just putting like making it up real heavy metal. What actually classifies 2000s vibe? Like can you sum that up? It's like me? real soft edging, bright colours, kind of like. I suppose it's just the style of what it was, like a little bit more cartoony. Pop punk. Yeah, it would be like if you think of a pop punk guy's sleeve, it's uh -huh. like that's pretty much it. Yeah. And so now I'm just like going real heavy metal. Shout out to Mason at uh, Melbourne Tattoo Co who inks me out. <laughs> <laughs> He's a legend. He's I've known him pretty much most of my life since I was like 16 years old. He was like my sister's first roommate and now we're just great mates in Melbourne. And he does good tattoos. He's like got a real good heavy metal style and I just go, yep. So we just go leg arm, leg arm, leg arm. So I'm just going to get a sleeve and then a few other things and stuff, you know. It's just life. Ink, addicted to ink. <laughs> <laughs> An ink slut. Yeah. Man. I went in to start my back and I remember as soon as that like needle touched my back, I was like, oh, that's what that feels like. Why am I doing this? Yeah, big time. It's like I use it as a meditation practice. Uh -huh. Like I do a lot of breathing techniques and stuff through it and it's not too bad, but then sometimes I'm like, this fucking sucks so bad and then you just deal with it and then I'm like, I'm like 4% tougher now, so respect to me. Yeah, I definitely feel that. It's almost like Yeah, a like I wouldn't get a full back piece like you because I just could not deal with that, so I just get like real patchy shit and Yeah, you on. say that, but you could. You're um, I could, but I don't yeah. want to. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to put myself through. I've got other agendas to fulfill. 100%. It is, it is somewhat cathartic though in that I almost feel like the pain is like almost penance. Yeah, you got to pay the – Piper sometimes. You pay the piper. Yeah, that's uh, big time. Um, yeah, it's just it's what it is. It's like I got a kid now. I got a job that's like pretty solid. So I'm just like, fuck it, let's go, let's get some caddies. Love it. Yeah, it's cool. Mm. And I'm old as hell, so it's like. And in your field of work, you're creative. It's almost expected. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a level of staunchness I have to take mm. in my role. So it's like. And you work with Finney. He's tattered as fuck. You yeah. just see the stuff that he's got. It's just ridiculous. He literally got a penis playing a guitar that has another penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. I messaged him the other day. I was on the, I got stuck on the um, tattoo removal um, Instagram. I think I sent some to you. Uh -huh. Fuck, it's so addictive because it's just the worst tattoos you've ever seen. Yeah. It's this place in Frio and they're just getting rid of them and it shows you like like step one, step two, step three. Yeah. And I was just on it for hours because it was just like the worst Hang fucking tattoos. tattoos. Yeah, yeah. And someone was removing like a really bad portrait of 
Notorious B.I.G. and I sent it to Sean. I was like, this could be you, but you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> He's still coughing that. It's, I was like, is that classified as blackface? <laughs> <laughs> Are you culturally appropriate? Yeah, but the whitest man I know getting a tattoo of a rapper is quite cool. Respect to him, you know. He's finding his way in this world. Yeah, it's um, tattoo removal is a full scene. Like my mate Mike Driver, he's uh, one of my new friends that he's – I've just met him through like people. He was one of those people that people said, oh, you should be friends with this guy. And I'm like, it'll happen. And now we're just like full best mates. And he uh, owned a full tattoo removal business. Like He made his, his fortunes removing people's shit tattoos and then he sold it to this corporate kind of tattoo removal brand called Removery and it's just like the shittest branding everything his was like kind of cool and now it's like just he sold it to them and it's way more expensive than life. getting tattooed yeah that's it's why like- i'm getting blast overs on my legs i'm like i can't be bothered like going through pain and then going through pain again i'll just do it once and go this is my Real shit leg sleeve that I'm kind of proud of. So. It's pretty quick though. I watched the videos and stuff and I spoke to the girl about it and I was like, because I want to get the one on my back removed and she mm. was like, um, yeah, it's, it, it'll be 10 sessions. It's like 300 bucks a session. That's heaps oh, of money. Yeah. Jesus. But it's so like, it's quick as hell, but they go like, yeah, because I think they have it in like three or four speed on the, on the Instagram. Bro, I'll tell you right now, I don't care what speed it is. I'm not paying three grand. For a laser. What are you in yeah. fucking yeah. Star Wars? Fucking eat a dick. Just cover it up. Fuck Get that. Blast over that shit. Make skull. it bigger. Yeah, I can't be asked. Fucking skull. I never cross. see it anyway. Just, Get a sick portrait of Biggie. Yeah, or, <laughs> that's true. or some kind of cutlass or weapon. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the real shit. A pike. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a thing, you know? I'm just living, you know? Love that. Yeah, it's been a fucking wild year though since I last saw you. Has it been a year since you've been on? I think I was on in like April. Yeah, and shit. I know how much you miss me. So a lot. you guys have been twisting my arm to come back. A lot. And do it. You are for some reason you are one of the most watched YouTube clips we've ever put up. I don't know why. Honestly. I don't like. I love you and I find you very interesting, but I don't know why either. Yeah, I'm a complete fucking fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fuckwit when it comes to getting close to the mic. Oh, yeah. I'm tying my shoelace. My foot just got just stuck in the stool. Get like, it closer because it's, it's picking up all the fucking air conditioning. All right, calm down. Um, now, move the mic closer to you. You don't need I got, to isn't come it a to fish? it. Yeah, but you keep you, you do I was that changing to my it. shoe. My shoe got stuck off the stool just then. I had to take my shoe off, put it back on. So just give me it's a break. Fucking dealing you know? with talent, eh? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen his rider. <laughs> the four boys. <laughs> 11.5 grams of carb per can. What alcohol percentages? It's quite high, I believe, like 4.6 or something. Like, yeah, piss boys. Yeah. Good night. Crack one. 1.8 per, per tin. Yeah, Getting it's in. Great. It's great stuff. You this know? is good, uh, it's good yeah, content. Kieran, it's good stuff. Um, good podcast good podcast content. But yeah, a lot, a lot has happened. It's been a hectic year. Like I had to learn how to become a father, how to manage a business that is actually like I said to I said to Sean, my business partner, I was like, we came back this year and I was like, this is the first time I feel like I'm at a job and not freelancing because it's like very structured and we do things. And it's like you have to show up and do it. Like there's demands and things you have to do. You're not just going job to job. You're actually like doing long-term shit. So it's like pretty hectic. And we came out of COVIDs and it just went exponentially big. And at the same time, I was learning how to be a father, 
which is really fucking hard. <laughs> but it's um, yeah, it was just a lot of juggling. Like I feel like uh, I spent last year like fighting and being torn between my old life of not being a father and then my new life of being one and like trying to juggle these commitments and like being frustrated and, and now I, I kind of just got to a point last year where I kind of just like surrendered to it and was like, all right, I just got to do what I got to do and the rest will sort itself out. And then just recently I had to put my dog down, which sucked. I cried. Rest in peace, Brooklyn. Oh, man. Brooklyn. RIP. She's the best dog ever. Yeah, for real. Um, And that was- I cried more than the death of any human. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, same here. I eh? was howling, uh -huh. like I was howling, like it's like an exorcism, eh? You're like, even in the moment, I was thinking, like, where, where is this coming from, and how do I stop it? Yeah, <laughs> I was. I kind of embraced it. I was like, I need yeah. to mourn this beautiful mm -hmm. creature that's been in my life for like 13 years. You got to let it burn through you, otherwise you, you yeah, keep it I was in like, and it fucked go. you up. Yeah, and so I did it on a Friday so I could take the whole weekend to just chill and I'm really glad I did because it like I was pretty fucked until Monday. Did it just break out of you at random times? Yeah, like, like I woke up the next day and I was like, I would normally give my dog breakfast now. And I was like, <laughs> 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 and uh, But, man, it's like she's been through – everything with me like most of my adult life 13 years is a long time but like through Rachel's cancer through like a lot of life changes she moved across the country with me and she's like been there she's been the constant and i'm the thing i'm probably dreading the most is the fact that it's like my special time with this dog was the fact when i it was just me and her in our house and rachel is staying here uh and hanging out with her dad and stuff and I'm going to go home and I'm going to go home to an empty apartment. So, like, when I was at my house with her, she would, like, it's me and dad, you mm. know, like she would lay on the couch with me and, like, we'd kind of just hang. Like, we had this, like, unspoken agreement and she would, like, snuggle extra close with me in the bed and things like that. And I'm going to get home and just be like, this is empty. So, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to buy, like, a PS5 and just be like, <laughs> play the pain away. <laughs> but <laughs> that's my plan. But- yeah, I'm here now and I'm dealing with that. So it's just, it's cool. Do you think you get another animal? I'm going to wait. Yeah. One, because I think if I rush into it, I'd be comparing it to this perfect dog that I've had that just like understood me and stuff. And then two, it's like, I would, could you imagine having a puppy and a one-year-old? Oh it's my like God. that would be absolute turmoil. So I'm going to wait until my boy is a little bit older and he can actually understand what's happening and be like, accountable for some of the things like i'm not like this is your dog you gotta raise it but like let's go feed the dog let's take the dog for a walk let's do things and have him involved as like something to do and he appreciates and connects with this dog not just like this is a thing i just mm. touch and crawl after you know it'll teach him a bunch of life lessons as well yeah you know? and it's yeah i think it's a good thing definitely to have him understand that what new life is and stuff like yeah, that yeah. So you I probably do I it when he's three or five so or not, yeah yeah like once he gets to like probably kindy or something where yeah. he's like He's he goes to school and then like we can actually raise a puppy without him being there and then he's involved in the upbringing of it and have like an actual connection because you know you've got to think in the future you know I'm a father now I got to act on a whim. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're uh, uncovering your your metal side, mm. what would you get? Some form of pit bull? Uh, you know, uh, probably, it depends on our living situation. <laughs> like if I was. Because you guys are house. still in that same, uh, the, like, townhouse-y, apartment-y We're in an apartment thing. now. Yeah. We're moving to a townhouse. 
I'd probably maybe it depends. Depends mm-hmm. on life. Like I'd love to get like something weird. Like I saw like a, a Swiss shepherd. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen one of those? Mm-hmm. It's like a German shepherd, but small. It's like really cool. It's got like tiny legs. Mm-hmm. Um I saw a staffy cross pug. <laughs> oh yeah. The other day, and I was like, you rule. Like you're just an awkward piece of shit. And I'm fully into it. I really like those miniature pincers, you know, like it looks like a Doberman, but yeah. like shrunk. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't think I could get another pug because I'd then I'd just be constantly comparing. comparing. Like, you suck compared to my old pug. But yeah, it's so tough, have to dude. Like, that. I was, me and you spoke just, I think it was a couple of days before yeah. Brooklyn had to get put down. And it's like, I can't, I, I had to take Max to the vet. It was like a week before I went to um, London. And he runs under my legs. Mm. So, like, he'll hide and then he comes darting out and like attacks your leg. And for the whole time I've had him for like, it's, I think it's like six years or something now. He gets, he wraps around my legs and then I trip and then I have to recover and like stomp somewhere. Yeah. And I'm always On like, him. dude, you're going to get stomped at some point. And I've always managed to. Do You're it. Nimble. You've always on, been a nimble guy. <laughs> on this on this occasion. Hot footed. <laughs> on this occasion, you just come running out and I've gone to do the big wide step like far away from him and he took off under there and I just stomped him. Nice. And he was standing there just coughing. I've never seen a cat cough before. He's like, like it was a furball, but his eyes were bulging and I called the emergency vet because it was, was doing? Was he doing the winded noise? You know, yeah, fully. he's like- yeah. Oh yeah! Imagine a cat yeah, doing that. As a kid. And he yeah, looked mad. That's scared. what I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was creepy. And I called the vet, and they were like, um, "Yeah, you need to get him here immediately." And then the vet said to me, "Because it was like the, the emergency hospital. Like, <laughs> You've been kicking that cat around." Yeah. No, but they were like, um, "Yeah, with cats, you're not going to know. Like, if he's really fucked up, he's not going to let you know. Yeah. Whereas dogs do." And I was like fucking kidding me so they had to keep him overnight and she was like you need to prepare for it. he might have to get put down because he'll have internal organ issues yeah. and i was just like nah i can't i can't even yeah like I that scenario just got blocked it wasn't even a choice it just yeah i just numbed out and i was like and like, you're gonna have to go home we'll, we'll call you in the morning and he's the reason that it took so long is because he was a psycho in the vet and they were like we can't put him in the x-ray machine because he's yeah. just going to kill everyone nice <laughs> But in the end, he was all right. He had a bruised, he had bruised ribs, so yeah, he yeah. soldiers on. But I couldn't so fathom the shit like, out of your cat. That's why yeah, bruised that's ribs. He's tough. He's got a tough skin. He's tough skin. now. Jesus Christ! I did have him running in the hallway last Saturday when I was, I was putting my groceries away, and because I, I live on like a closed floor, I just opened the door of the apartment and I just let him run up and down the yeah. the hallway. And I came out, and there was a creepy ass dude like looking at him. Like trying to get him, to, like, like trying to entice him over. Like, Dude, fuck him? it was like yeah. it was like something from like seven. Ugh. Yeah, and he's like, "Your cat, so beautiful." Oh yeah. And I was like, and he wouldn't stop. He's talking to me, but he's staring at the cat, and he's like, the symmetry in his pattern. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> and Max even Max ran That's back gross. in. He ran back into my apartment. Yeah, he was like, I was like, that to, motherfucker wants to wear you. You're about to dick me and then wear me as yeah. a little <laughs> scarf or something. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> wanted to make him into a pair of mittens or something. Uh, Ooh, yeah, how close does this guy live to you? Fuck, dude, my my apartment floor is just it's literally like pedophiles and fucking creeps. Uh. Oh. That's not nice. It's not good. There's a dude that looks like um we've t- we discussed on here before that like pedophiles have a certain look to them. <laughs> yeah, you know they, Jimmy Savile? They all kind of look a bit Jimmy Savile-ish. A, you know pedophiles have like a glaze. 
Like, yeah, they're yeah. like constantly like half sweating. Slightly lubricated, mm. yeah. <laughs> Always bad taste. It's like, why are you trying to be slippery all the time, bro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a next door neighbor and he looks exactly like the old man from Family Guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, it's fucked. It's fucked. My half a million dollar apartment that's got half of the fucking tenants at Tomes West. It's fucking Real wonderful. Nice, you, eh? Investment choices with Scott Mellon. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you know. Fuck my if you, life. If you ever yeah. wanted me, you're, you're in uh, you're in Northbridge still, right? Yeah, the asshole of it. How's Northbridge going? It's getting worse. We were yeah. talking about this the other day. It's getting worse here. Like it's the drug, the drug shit's getting pretty wild. Drug shit. Like a lot of heroin and a lot of meth. Yeah, mainly heroin. Um, like lots of people well, on the see, nod. The thing with heroin is like. They're not as active. No, but so when you're on like, heroin, away and they're like, <sighs> when they're on heroin, they're great. Yeah. Like, but when they are needing heroin, they're f- it's proper Walking Dead shit. Melbourne has a lot of heroin. Mm. Yeah, it's real good. Well, Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne has a very interesting thing around homelessness, and they can just post up, and it's actually illegal for the police to move them on. So you will see people outside the Seven Eleven or whatever in the city. Mm. Um, Doing campouts with fucking a chest, mat- of, a chest of drawers. They got mattresses and shit. Yeah, they got a little dog. They got to set up. Yeah, but they like. Is that changing or is that like, uh, is that is that a thing that people talk about over there? Not really. It's just is what it, it just is. is and like, I feel like homeless people. It's like, what are you gonna do? It's like the world is fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm like get out of here. It's like nah. It's like if you're not, they're not harming anyone, aren't like, they? I don't think so. No. Like, they're chill, dude. I don't think- good, eh? You know, like, <laughs> they talk. They, they always have a chat. You give them a nod and things like that. Like, I bought a few dudes coffees and shit coming out of the gym. They're like, you have any money? And you're like, oh, no, nah, I don't because who carries cash now? Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to the 7-Eleven. You want a coffee or a Coke or something? They're like, yeah, all right. You know, say, so, you know, how you going? This, that, and the other. And like, fuck, it's like, who are you to judge someone's, like, life choice? You know, it's like if, if someone's, like, threatening me or doing something crazy it's like yeah it's like but it's like these are just still people and whether they're at hard times or they have mental issues or whatever it's like fuck everyone's got the right to live and it, it's like if you're not hurting anyone it's like i suppose for me it's more around like precedent so it's okay when there's like two people outside of a 7-eleven but what if 30 people decided to create yeah, a camp? i think there's like turf though like i think oh, there's yeah? like an understanding where it's like the only time homeless people will conglomerate is if it's like at a meeting point of like there's a food bank or there's like an alleyway that's not going to like draw eyes because obviously they want eyes drawn on them. No one's like, I don't think anyone's like super proud to be homeless, but if they're like, there's a couple of alleyways around the east end of Melbourne where like they hang out in the evenings and stuff, but it's like they're just doing their thing. I don't see like it's, it's for me, it's like, it's like a litmus test of how society's going. So the, there's more homeless people now, which means Hell that yeah. there's bigger issues, there's bigger social I issues. Like I don't it. I don't shit on fucking homeless people for being homeless. Like it's just it's a shitty situation. It's yeah. probably drug drug addiction and stuff like that. And I never blame anyone for those things. It's not the best thing in the world. Like it's I mean, for me no, it no. fucking it fucking sucks from like an investment point of view because the area where I live, they seem yeah. to that's where they all congregate, but it's like Man, it, that's just reality. You can't usher that away from you. I'm sure people in um, yeah, Peppermint do? Grove don't even know there's homeless people, you know? Because we had a weird thing with it where Basil Zemplis was like, I'm going to get rid of all the homeless people and, uh, yeah. and shit like that. It's like, dude, 
We yeah, I think it's, it's, you can't just usher them onto somewhere else. You can just like sweep else. humans away. Yeah. Like you can go in this like cage where we put you. <laughs> We're saying it's like, you know, he's not in Japan like you. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, what do you do? It's like a deeper problem than just people living on the streets. It's like, as you said, it's like drug problems and mental health problems and money problems and financial problems and society issues. It's like it all runs deeper than that. And then there's some people who, no matter what you put in front of them, will choose to be homeless because they don't want to be caught up in an archetype of like, the system but yeah. it's like it's not an easy fix by any fucking no stretch. it's deeper it's like you can't just like sweep that shit away and be like i'm gonna make perth city the best it's like nah it's like but you have you- to do something to like counteract the problems of what is causing people to be homeless we're at least in a position where we have a small enough homeless population that we could actually do something about it like they could actually Hell invest yeah. like you know, mining fucking tax money or whatever this shit, whatever it is, they could actually do yeah. it and go, this is a microcosm. This is how you can actually solve a yeah, homeless stop problem. bragging about your surplus and shit and, like, do money to make your fucking city and your state better. Well, yeah. we've got a fucking multi-million dollar COVID complex. It's <laughs> fucking empty. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to build, it's like, yeah. they decommissioned the one in Victoria. They're, like, going to make it for, like, refugees and stuff. It's yeah, like, I think ours is Which is empty. fine. It's, it's yeah. great. It's, like, safe housing and things like that and housing is an issue too especially like here where it's like people are paying hand over fist just to live interest rates going up cost of living it's like these are the stresses it's like people they can break people you know oh yeah for sure because we've been raised to like live in this society where it's like you gotta be a player in the game you know but it's like everyone's encouraged to like buy more than you can afford you'll pay it off it's good. And then it's like they turn around and be like, oh, no, no, we're dropping lending now. It's like, so what do I do now that I've got, like, all this stuff and, like, mortgage- leverage myself up to the fucking dick? It's like people get caught in that trap of, like, that play. It's like Commonwealth Bank, $5.1 billion profit. It's like <laughs> 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 off what? Off people's, like, it's like, are you going to give any of that back to like curve interest rates and things like that? It's like, it's all just a capitalist society that we're living in. And it's like that trickles down all the way from like the richest people right down to people with negative money, you know? So it's like, where do you curve that problem? And where do you start? It's like, there's the whole tax the rich, tax corporations, this, that, and the other. But it's like, it all has to trickle down from somewhere at some point. Yeah, absolutely. I and think it's when, a deep-seated problem, you know? it's if I've been looking into a lot of history recently, and um, it'd be interesting to see if anyone, if there is a revolution in any major Western country, because- I'd like it, eh? It'd be pretty, it'd be pretty interesting. Like, if America, imagine if there was an American revolution where people were like, you know what, there's so many, like, if, if the poor outweigh the rich- which I do. In stand, yeah, but in a standard of living where the where the the middle class were falling into poverty, that and they just turn around and just fucking start murdering the rich. You watch the chain reaction of that happen. So when the, the Americans seceded from England because America was a was a British colony, that started because Britain were fighting the French. They basically turned around and said, "Oh, look, well, we've been protecting all of our colonies from this French invasion, so." we're going to have to tax you all because we're broke. And they were like, nah, I think we're going to go independent. And that's what Independence Day is. So they- Yeah, Will Smith. Yeah, with Will Smith. Yeah. So And they won. And it was like a massive fucking battle. Mm. The French helped America in that war. And then America won. 
And then the massive lower class in France were like, oh, revolution. That sounds like a good idea. And they murdered the royal family and they murdered yeah. fucking everyone. So it's like, if there is one revolution that happens in this like new world order, it will start a chain reaction of it's other It's got to be in America though. Fuck. I mean, well, that's why they keep spending more and more on defense and more and more on like spying on their own people Defending because they're like, this will fucking yeah. happen. People are not happy, dude. You see it. Like the last three years has shown that people are not stoked. But it's like, how do you form? Because it's like there's so much separation between people and like that whole thing. It's like you don't have the same views as me, so you're my enemy and things like that. But it's like, man, imagine if someone just, everyone just got on the same page and was like, there's something else fucking us up. Like I had, oh, this, yeah. I had this big level of enlightenment when I was still living in Perth where it was like, I was doing like some property stuff and this, that, and the other and like making pretty good money. And it's like, it just got to a point where it's like, I'm not saying there's like a conspiracy, but there's like a, a, a set of rules set up for humans to live, you know, and you're encouraged to do this. It's like, you know, you got to get a degree and you got to like be a player in the game kind of thing. It's like, if you don't own property, you ain't shit. You know, like if you don't have university degree, you're fucking nobody, this, that, and the other. So it's like all these things that cost a lot of money. And it's like, we're encouraged to be in debt because it's like being in debt is like control. Because imagine if no one had debt, what things they could achieve because it's like money is the main motivator. And I was like in that similar position when I was like stressing about money and like, cause I maybe overcapitalized a little bit and things. And I was like, Hey, why don't I just have what I can afford? And like we, me and Rach and I kind of pulled the pin on a few things and lowered some stuff. And it's like, oh, life's way simpler now. It's like when you unplug from that system, that's like we stop competing. You to, yeah. And like forcing you to get the best thing and do the best stuff. It's like, and you you create this pressure, like you know, like the standard guy who works a FIFO job is making pretty good money, but it's like he goes out and gets a house with like an eight hundred thousand dollar mortgage. He buys an expensive car, toys, this that, now has three kids. This it's like all these things are causing like a level of oppression on you that you've actually inflicted on yourself. So you're kind of like, well, now I have to keep working to maintain this standard of living. And you're constantly paying money to a bank that just holds your money and has like lent you money. So it's like, imagine if everyone just unplugged from that and was like, oh, I'm just living my life. Like if you were if you weren't oppressed by like money controlling you and like capitalism controlling you, what you could achieve if you didn't have to like make choices based on your monetary situation. You could follow things, you could follow passions and like explore different things that you have interest in. It's like that would kind of open the minds of people, I suppose, a little bit. But it's like we're so stuck in that that it's like the majority is so stuck in that that it's like that's just the way it's going to be and it's only going to get worse because everyone has to keep up and be a player and like be somebody. But it's like if you stop giving a fuck about what people think about you and what you own and this, that, and the other and how well you're doing, it's like it's kind of freeing in a sense, you know. But the thing is that consumerism is like – tied to capitalism as such a fucking Dude. base level that yeah this is the thing is like they don't and it's not like a, a they thing it's like the way that the world is set up like consumerism or capitalism essentially saved the world because they were like if everyone is actually making money and everyone's buying shit to feel like they have a better life yeah then we can just keep the wheels turning it's like we can make yeah. shit that you don't need so that you will buy shit that you don't need and it just keeps yeah you become keeps the rat on the around. wheel yeah but 
realistically since that has been since capitalism has been such a fucking mainstay in society especially democratic society we have not had a world war because people aren't fucking bothered with it because they're too consumed in the the rat wheel and it's like as as much as it sucks and i think it sucks and i agree because that yeah. the stress rising and the pressure and all that is a fucking negative thing but i do think that it's the best thing we have it's the best thing that's happened so far. When the when the hippie movement happened in the sixties, like the CIA turned all of their attention to the hippie movement, and the Black Panthers, because they were the two biggest threats to democracy. Because they were like, if people like if all our fucking sixteen to thirty year olds just go into fields and start smoking weed and fucking and realizing that they don't need to buy clothes nice. and cars and any of that, yeah. we are fucked. Yeah. Like we're completely fucked because that whole generation is meant to be the ones that are getting their first mortgage. You've got them for fucking what? 30, 30 years. years. Yeah, yeah. And if they're not doing that, then the whole fucking economy is going to collapse. Mm. And if the economy collapses, they need to change the whole way that the fucking world works. And that's where everything just fucking falls apart. Yeah, And don't get me wrong. It's like, I don't dislike capitalism, but I think it's like the same as everything in life. It's like, there's a balance to how much you buy into something. It's like you capitalism exists and it's not a terrible thing. Don't get me wrong, but if you took a week out of the year to dance in the fields and make free love, it's like that ain't bad either, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like you have to – I think it's like just being aware of what you're doing and it's like, ah, oh, this is going to cause me stress. Like just take a step and look at what you're doing, you know? Well, like how is this going to affect me in the long term? We were born into it. So, like, we grew up and it was like, you get a mobile phone. I think that's the first thing. It's like you sign a mobile phone contract when you're like 15, 16. No, prepaid, brother. Have burners. I didn't go prepaid for Burners I forever. <laughs> I, went, I went straight in, but it was like, then you have a contract and then you start creating a credit score. Mm. And then it's like, you're just doing that because you're like, oh, that's the way the world works, right? And then by the time you reach a level of enlightenment where you are like in your mid-30s and you're like, hang on. You never had that choice before because you just it, it's just the yeah, boiling you're, the, bo- you're you the boiling yeah, yeah, yeah you're the boiling frog in the in the pan. Yeah, I got to be someone. I got to be responsible. I got to mm. do all these things. It's like, and then you get that self awareness, and you're like, oh, I did, that's not necessarily the right path, but you, you pick a little bit from yeah, from, yeah. from A and a little bit from B, yeah. and you hope that when you make that when you get to that understanding, you're like not too fucked. Yeah, and that's it. It's like and. By me realizing this, I had to actually do it, mm-hmm. get to a point, like not to a point where I was like in deep trouble, but just to a point where I was like, oh, I don't like this. It doesn't feel good. So it's like, what's making me not feel good and how do I change that? It's like, it's kind of that simple. Mm. But I think people get caught up because they're being bombarded on every thing that they look at, being told to buy things, something to make your life better. But it's like, if you just stop and you're like, do I need that? Do I need a $60,000 car, a $90,000 car, or am I fine with a $30,000 car that I can just pay for and no one's taking money off me for it? You know, things like that. Do you think if Instagram and things like that were making a, were making a move to, um, to get people to like be more, like if there was a second coming of the hippie movement, mm. say, say that America actually joined the war against uh, Russia and Ukraine and everyone was just like yo we don't fucking want this we don't want this and mm-hmm. it, and everything and Justin Bieber released like give peace a chance version 2.0 and something yeah cool and and it's so and social media suddenly sp- sprawled and turned into instead of people being like look at my fucking Chanel bag they were just like 
I'm turning my back on this whole system. I wonder if they would be like, we need to shut the shit down. Because at the moment, it just seems like a fucking wheel for more people to be like, I want to buy that. I want more of this. I want more of that. Yeah, I think it would just get, maybe it would. It could go one or two ways. Like they could shut that down or they could like insert AI bots with Chanel bags and be like, buy it up. <laughs> you know, it's like it could go one or two ways. It's like everything is being recorded that you do. And it's like, so they could see those trends before we even see them and then be like, hey, well, how do we fix this? Because it's like that's a, a very wealthy company in, in Meta. So it's like they would be forecasting that beforehand. So it's like obviously they got shit up their sleeves that's like going to beat you to the punch of that hippie movement. And yeah. people are fucking idiots. Dude, <laughs> like- we were talking about this the other day. People so are it's fucking like for, idiots. For everyone that becomes like aware of that thing, there will be – 2,000 people that don't give a fuck and will continue to breathe through their mouth for the rest of their life and buy into all that shit because it's like they think they're somebody, but it's like that's the minority. Like talking how we're talking now with a minority in the view because there's a hundred people, there's like thousands and thousands of people who will listen to this or that. Well, not thousands of people, you're not that big yet, but there's a whole bunch. Uh, of- can, we just, can we just cut that? More than a thousand people. I mean, there's like that message being discussed through whatever platform, there's people who will be like, oh, that's not my scene. Mm. I don't want to like, I'm not saying like awaken, but it's like I don't want to like come to that realisation because this makes me feel good. Like these are not just like buying those things. It's like one, it makes me feel like somebody, but it gives me this like dopamine release in my otherwise miserable life. So it's like I want to feel good by these things that I have. So it's like. I'll continue to watch Seven News and A Current Affair and watch shitty TV and just be like force-fed product essentially and scroll on my Instagram and do all these things and that's a better existence. Like ignorance is bliss, right? So it's like you will continue to just do that. For every one person that like steps away from those things, there is an abundance of people that don't. And choose not to. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of people coming to. into it constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. as well and, and piping up. But when you say things like, you know, like we, we're we in a privileged position and Josh probably more than anyone because we have had good we've – had, we've had pretty pretty fucking good lives up until this point. There's been a lot of bullshit that's happened and stuff, mm. but, I mean, none of us have been homeless. We've all been somewhat financially secure for our whole lives. Blessed, bro. Blessed. We've, we've had, I mean, you're in, you've got responsibilities because you've got kids and, and you've yeah. got a wife. We both, we both don't have that, but we've spoke before. You bought a fucking hideously expensive car and you were like, it didn't make me fucking happy. Nah. Mm. But the striving to have that, and I've done this before on a much lesser level, striving to have that and then you get it and you're like, Oh, why doesn't this feel fucking good? So now I realize that I just went on that spiel and Josh did that. <laughs> yeah, dude, we all did though. I think Sorry. we all did. Yeah, I'm responsible for it too. Like slowly yeah, taking like, off you my watch. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but um, can you afford that? Like is that Rolex yeah, yeah. on your wrist going, are you are you bleeding for that? Or no, are you, pay are straight you cash, baby. Yeah, that's it. Um, bang, bang, bang. And the that becomes an asset because you could yeah. sell it if you do watch get addicted. Watches are very different. Hey, Rolex is the biggest investment. Thank you. One of the best investments you can make in the last like three years. According right? to Chrono Twenty Four, I've made five or six grand on this already. So yeah. uh, it's not too bad from a watch standpoint. But the car for sure and. You, for me, you know me quite well in terms of like the joy cars bring me. Yes, yeah. So it's it's kind of 
outside of that normal, like, oh, I want this car because it's a status symbol or I want this car because, like, I feel like I deserve it. For mm. me, I genuinely get joy from from cars and modifying mm. cars and, and playing cars. That brings me joy. Yeah. Like this, big matchboxes. This brought me no joy. This car yeah. brought me nothing but fucking disappointment. And it's such a nice car. It's, and a, like, it's beautiful and I fucking hate the thing. Yeah. But now, now I'm like, why did I sell that M3? Like, that M3 I had was... Literally perfect. The, the, I think the problem was is that it was too perfect, and I couldn't I couldn't put a roll cage in it, or I couldn't go yeah, track yeah. it look because it things. was too nice. I'm literally the same. Where I'm like, I have a really nice motorbike that isn't expensive, and mm-hmm. I'm just tinkered away with it. It was like my COVID project. It's like a nice Triumph, a 900 cc thing, and I've like made it into like this like weird urban supermoto with like knobbly tires it's not fast but it's really fun it's perfect for what i do and i still find myself looking at things i could possibly get later down the track but i'm like my friend was like enjoy what you've got now because a lot of people look at your bike and I'm like that's like my dream fucking bike and it's like 10 grand yeah you know but it's like i own it outright i didn't take a loan on it i didn't do all these things it's like i own that thing all i have to do is upkeep it and i've just like tinkered away with it and i feel very rewarded from it but it's like and even right now, I've talked about all this stuff, but I still am responsible in that uh, consumerism where I'm like, mm, what could I get next? Mm. But I set rules on myself where I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that until I can do this, you know? Do you think that- I'm that not going to what- rush out and get a double the value bike or something. Mm. Do you think that the what you do next, because I, I think about this stuff all the time, it's like that what do I do next? Is that like, could that be also framed as like, this hasn't made me happy, what's going to make me happy? Uh yeah. Or are you more? Yeah, yeah for sure. Because I get that. I think people, I think realistically people are always looking for the next thing. It's like people don't tend to stop and enjoy the moment of what they've achieved or what they've done, like what they've worked hard for. It's always like, okay, well, that was fleeting now. You know, like say my motorbike, for example, it's like I still catch myself looking at it and being like, oh, that's cool. You know, like I really like that, but it's like, I can still look at other motorbikes and be like, well, they're cool. But I have to enjoy the moment of what I've worked for and how I've achieved that and 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 built it to what I have, like with a bit of like grit and go, cool, I actually have to enjoy this. You, you have know? to train yourself it's to the be same that as, way It's though. the same as a job and things like that. It's like I, I, we make a very uh, poignant fact of like if we do a big campaign or a big job or we do a good month or something we make an effort to like celebrate that and it's not like some elaborate party but we go out for a steak and have a beer or like go to the pub and go this was cool we have a couple of beers and like a just acknowledgement of what you do instead of like finishing campaign but well, what's fucking next yeah because you just get burnt out by anything it's like you need to actually fucking smell the flowers sometimes yeah, yeah. and be like i'm working hard for whatever i do you know like I, I i and i'm the same way with my family it's like i work hard because i want a a happy family and i'll do whatever it takes for them but it's like i'm staying like the first year is hectic but i'm already starting to make plans it's like how can i enjoy my family like what can we do together to be like okay we're busting our ass together but we also need to take time and be like Here's five days of us like just chilling, no responsibilities, no like this, that, and the other. He can nap whenever he wants, whatever, and like smelling the roses of what you do, yeah. what you do, you know. And also like maybe identifying like what 
what are we fucking aiming for? Like what is what's what's baseline happiness now? Because I did it last year where I earned a, more money than I'd ever earned in a in a short period of time. And I was like, as that money was coming in and it didn't look like it was going to stop, I was like, I could actually afford to buy a fucking house. Like I could, I've got, I had more than enough for a deposit. Mm. I could buy like a something really nice. And where you're paying like, you know, five to $10,000 a month. And because the money was coming in was that good. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is the trap because I could feel myself doing it. It's like, hey, you've always wanted to live on the beach. You could do that yeah. right now. The but then, you know, the, fortunately I didn't do that. The ass dropped out of the industry that I was working in. But I took that time and was like, you know what? I burnt myself out just trying to fucking make shit happen for so long. Mm. I'm just going to take my foot off the gas. I'm going to go traveling. I'm going to try and figure out what actually makes me happy. Mm. And even traveling, I was like, my problems are still with me. My problems are still with me. And like that's, people can tell you that all the time, but until you experience it, like I remember I was riding my, I was riding a fucking bike through London, beautiful weather. Hello, man. Money, yeah, money in the bank, all of that. And I was like, I wasn't happy. Nah. And I was like, oh, okay. This is something that I need to resolve within myself. This isn't a situational issue. This is purely yeah, yeah, me yeah. as a fucking person. And I've been now working to do that because I've, I think I've always been that person that's like, oh, if I'm unhappy, I'll make like, I'll make big fucking 90 degree turns mm. and be like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go nah, all out with this. Change. And it's like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. And you can't, you can't live like that. And I'm trying to train myself to not live like that. Cause it is comical. Like you guys both know me better than probably anyone. Yeah, and it's like, I've been me. like that. I'm, a t- <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty funny though. Yeah. You're funny. Yeah. It's- <laughs> I know you well, dude. <laughs> You're fuck me. I'm like, oh my God, Scott. <laughs> um, no, no, it's like, that's the thing. It's like you can't outrun your mind. Like you can ride that push bike as fast as you want, but it's like that mind is right in your head. You can't change that. It doesn't matter. Or you can perception. buy shit. You can be like, oh, I remember being like, oh, I could travel anywhere. I could do anything. And then you're like, oh, maybe I'm just out of ideas. And it's like, no. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to come to some fucking a miserable understanding of your shit. It's like, yeah. and I wasn't, I wasn't feeling like, it's not like it was a totally misery thing, but I've also recognized that like what people class as like depression and anxiety and stuff like that. They're just alarms. Like they're just alarm bells of your, yeah. to me, it's like your soul going, yo, yo, you can't, we're not even fucking letting you go any further. No. So we're going to start like fucking you up when you have a shower or not or waking you up in the middle of the night. Like when I was having showers, I was like, my body was fucking, it was contorting on itself. And I was like, what the fuck Sounds is like this? A horror movie, dude. dude, it was fucked up. It was really, it was very fucking confusing. No wonder you stepped on your cat. You're contorting all over the fucking place. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> if I had stairs, I would have been walking down the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is like for me, a lot of that was just like what we spoke about before with you when, when you said you took time off to like grieve Brooklyn. Yeah. I didn't know how to do that when dad died. Yeah. So I just kind of held it in and was like, pushed people away by going, I'm working on music. I'm fucking yeah, busy. Yeah. And it's I like, nah. Feel that void. I was just fucking, but I wasn't even doing that. I was just sitting there just being yeah. like, just in, just completely numb and, tr- and being like, I can figure this out. I can figure this out. And it's like, you, you don't have the fucking facilities to do that. Sometimes. You've always been like that though. Yeah. But because I'd always been pretty successful yeah, yeah. at doing that. Yeah. And then it's like, that doesn't, that's not working anymore. Nah. And so you need to fucking. It's very, it's very, 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 very hard to like stop and take a look at yourself. Fully. It's the hardest thing to do. 
It's one of the hardest things to do, but it's like if you can manage to do that, life becomes pretty simple. Like if you can stop and analyze, it's like, well, what I'm like, everyone blames, a lot of people blame other things, like outside things for their problems, but it's like a lot of the time it's just you mm. and the way you like receive that and respond to that. Like there, there's a difference. I don't know if I talked about it last time, but there's like a big difference between reacting and responding to something. So it's like reacting is like instantaneous. It's like what is ingrained in your psyche where it's like, you know, some people, they get criticized and they react with like heat straight away. They come back super aggression. Responding is like taking that breath between and like looking and it's like, where is this coming from? You know, it's like reacting is like your extreme nature while responding is like approaching it with some kind of mindset right but it's like at that same time it's like having that little gap to like respond to something it's very fucking hard because a lot of the time like again we're in this world where it's like things come thick and fast a lot of the time and sometimes you just get gassed out you can't take that breath to respond because things are coming you know if you take that gap there'll probably might be two things by the time you've responded to it that are also there so it's like you need to take that breath you have to look inwards because it's like you can blame you know like again coming back to like the mouth breather argument like they watch the news and they're like oh well it's like refugees that are the problem you know it's their fault they're bringing like islamic people are bringing you know their beliefs they're gonna run us out of our own country this that and the other but it's like no it's not it's like it's 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 your problem. Like you're just like a miserable prick and you're like trying to look for something to blame. It's like you should probably work on just like getting laid, mm. you know, and not just like drinking eight beers a night. That would probably be a start. And then maybe like Islamic State might not be such a big problem for <laughs> yeah. you, you fucking moron, you know? But that's why that shit's there as well because yeah, yeah. it's there to keep people. It's like yeah, give yeah. people something to fucking blame. Yeah. It's all – I do think it's all for like – the greater good of people to some degree in that in the immediate yeah, keep where you're dumb. like your shit is fucked up yeah. and it's like if you're not if you're fucking bubbling away and you see something and you're just like oh it's fucking yeah it's, it's this, asian this people yeah, it's yeah, asian yeah. people is the problem and it's like no it's fucking not it's, it's most of the it's, time it's you dude i i fucking pine for the days of ignorance when i thought that everything that i thought and did was right hmm. And I remember just being that way all the time and being, and I, I, don't, I genuinely don't think I've ever been like a fucking mean spirited person or like a, a bad person, but I definitely, di I was like, if I was having an argument, I was like, I'm right. This is the other person is obviously wrong. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> One time Scott. <laughs> told me I was wrong because I charged my phone at night time. He's like, you're a fucking idiot. What did was I? his? What yeah. was his? What did uh, I say? He was like, who does that, bro? He's too organized. And I'm like, dude, it's just uh, I was I was being funny because I remember what I'd said to him. Hey, I, like, my, my, phone, my phone ran out of charge. Bear in mind, we ran out of 20s, right? My phone ran out, would run out of charge and I'd be like always chasing a charge. And he's like, dude, you need to fucking get your shit together charge your phone at night on this. And I was like, do you and Rach have like a fucking calendar on the fridge? We like, we have sex on Thursdays and we eat steak on Fridays. I was like, kind of. Because I, yeah. <laughs> I was fighting against- I had a family calendar. I, that. <laughs> I was fighting my whole fucking life. I was fighting against any form of routine. I was yeah. like, that's for bullshit. You're going to be a mindless fucking monkey and this and that. And that's what get, obviously leads you into fucking problems. <laughs> Sometimes, Scott, we have conversations and I'm like- 
this guy is a fucking psycho. Yeah. I know, for <laughs> real. <laughs> it's like, I rebel against any routine. I will not put my phone on Fuck charge when I'm not yeah. using it for eight hours while I'm asleep. Fuck you. <laughs> what a legend you are. Hey, let's go. You guys, I understand that you're trying to gang up on me. No, no, it's just hilarious. No, I love No, that. but I'm saying, like, I'm I'm the first to fucking admit my faults. That's what I'm fucking doing. But yeah. it's like that, that hey, shit bro, was- Hey, bro, you're looking inwards. It's the first step to enlightenment. <laughs> Maybe I'm further ahead. Did My you consider that? Definitely. I know because hey, <laughs> then the snake that eats its own tail may dictate that you're now ironically fucking pointing fingers at something that you already no, no, are. Because you're like, no, no, I'm right and you're wrong. No. I use common sense. Oh, again, <laughs> you wait, wait, consider. Wait. So I would have considered gentlemen, my position common sense. I'm thrown in here. We started this conversation with Scott saying, "I have arguments, and I'm just always right." You're clearly wrong. <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. You're picking a point, dude. You're completely misquoting me. I said that I missed the days when I thought I was right in every argument. You're cherry picking that and saying that that's what I think now. My point no, in that whole improved. thing was you've that. improved. I, and I take it for granted, but you've got a level of stubbornness too that I, I I admire. Like it's worked for you to a degree, but it's like it worked against me personally as you <laughs> <laughs> That is fucking bullshit because it worked positively for you because no, we had I a good it. business relationship. I said, I said it's worked good for me in areas. What did I just say? It's worked against me in areas. No, in, in a, I said it's worked good for you in certain areas of your life. But it's worked against you. It's worked against me when I've had discussions with you <laughs> where I'm like, holy fuck, what am I dealing with? <laughs> <laughs> you, both know me, you both know me well enough to know that a lot of the time I am fucking I with love you, though. For it. I fucking you know that I'm it. fucking with you. When I was doing that stuff, it was like, I know that it would be better if I charged sometimes, my phone. But it's funnier for me to say sometimes I you don't are a fucking robot. Like, I'm like, why is he digging his heels in so badly? But <laughs> I respect it. Like, it's pretty funny. You have to be fucking crazy if you think oh, I'm serious in that thing. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right, mate. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you're right. I know that no, you right. haven't had much to fucking add to this intellectual discussion. We're so you're just, gripping onto things I, to really try I and am. fucking jump Fuck in. Just guys. It's like, yes, this Scott is, is my fucking. Just for our fucking. Uh, Welcome audience. to Club Good with Adam and Josh coming up soon. <laughs> <laughs> we literally came in today and we're like, wait, we're just going to have we're a little have a fun yarn, hey? And then Scott starts on capitalism and fucking I love this homelessness. Shit, yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Where I love all of this. Why again? I didn't start on anything. We're having a conversation. Trying to jump on me Talk bring your me. own points Talk to the to table me. let's go how are you feeling time. what's going on i have minimal ideas what <laughs> <laughs> don't be scared to share your ideas i need to piss okay what's okay. up patreons welcome to the oh, four new ones what's do. good yeah yo patreon i don't have the list you went we from seen, 12 to what 16 was the other, what was the one uh somebody that we had no idea sean evans sean evans we don't know but don't thanks, know who bro. you are but thank you uh, or sean, she, she? Hey? i'm not assuming gender also shout out kate bell Mm-hmm. Racing Dynamics in Kef, Malaga. Kef Fletcher. Kef Fletcher. Out in fucking Canada. Holy shit. We multinational. Yeah. We're covering we these global. fucking bases. <laughs> Shout outs to our 99% male listeners <laughs> that were for the last jiu-jitsu pod. That was fucking mental. 99% we're, we're, you know what, male listeners. But you know why? Because it's... Two white dudes. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> hey, up until now, I think we had a thirty percent female. Yeah, we no, we do That's have pretty a pretty nice. Yeah. yeah, good work on Spotify. We have thirty percent female, which is cool. Yeah, I think we're we're fucking vulnerable, mm. brave. I'm so brave. <laughs> yeah, so brave. Um, it's Scott talking about shitting himself heaps. That helps. Very. Brave. Oh, you know what's yeah. fucked up about that? What is now? 
every time I fucking like I went out uh, for lunch with Mel Branson yesterday, mm-hmm. and we were all uh, Mel and Johnny and um, Depeche, and she was like, "Oh yeah," and then she told me a shooting story. People, it's like open, I've, people open the floodgates. Oh man, it's like, I personally, it's not something that I'm like. I'm fond of talking about. I'm fucking fully about it. Like if if you can tell me about how you shit badly, um, that's cool. We're on a level. Have you ever shit yourself? Yeah, I talked about it last time. Oh I yeah, when you had the, that's right. When you had the in my adult life, it's the only time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know how I've been doing this sleep. I always talk about my sleep being fucked. It was that shit where I was always like, man, I can't fucking sleep. Like I use weed to sleep and stuff. And then now I've just built like a, a sleep routine and it's like I go to bed at 11 and I wake oh, up at 6 and yeah. I'm like it's the first time in my fucking life and I actually That's feel good, dude but it's crazy because I was like I thought that this was such a fucking complex problem but in the end it was like life is pretty simple if you break it down to like distilled elements. It feels like it isn't though when when you're when you're oh, yeah, struggling sure. with one thing and I felt like that was like the linchpin of a lot of things that I was struggling with because you there's a yeah, lot of I'm negative. Not, I'm not trying to play you out on mm. that. Like, I, uh, it's if you can sit in front of yourself and and break things down and like face that shit. It's like as complicated and crappy as this world is. Sometimes it's like it, it isn't super difficult if you can take yourself out of it. If you can look at it objectively and like from a kind of a third person view, life is pretty simple. Like as long as you fulfill basic needs for yourself, it's like. You don't have to get caught up in that shit. Sleep is a whole weird one, though. Sleep is the best thing ever as a parent of a (laughs) one-year-old child. (laughs) Sleep is a very weird one, and I'm like, I know what Scott feels like there because, like, you ever gone to bed and you're, like, super tired, you're just fucking done, you just want to sleep, and you just stare at the fucking roof, and there is no – or really. Oh, I do this all the time. I sleep like a demon I turn and turn and turn and turn. I can't get to sleep, and I'll spend three hours trying to get to sleep. I'm like – this is the easiest thing someone can do, and I fucking can't do it. Yeah, and you're, and you're like, I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. I'm going to yeah, like then you shit. start getting I'm stressed get, about yeah, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I used to have that anxiety a lot. Uh, I f- maybe like if I had a big project or like job the next day and I was like going over like, well, what happens if this happens? Well, like catastrophizing shit would probably be the only time I'd have trouble sleeping, and it was like I had that kind of lucid sleep where you're still thinking but you're mm. asleep. Um, but now it's like I, I'm working that much. It's like I don't have time to even get worried about it. It's like, yeah, it's cool. But, like, I, I've always been a pretty good sleeper. Like, I just listened to a Huberman Lab podcast on sleep and it was very interesting. Like, even, even things like uh, going to sleep at the same time every night, like within half an hour of, like, if my – if my sleep time is 10.30 and I go to bed between 10 and 11, it's like it's even going to bed at a similar time every night is like fully jacks up your human growth hormone levels and stuff like that. It makes you better rested. Mine was like a tortured thing. It was like when I was awake, when I'd done, when I'd done things that I felt personal success in, like design, creativity, music and stuff like that, I'd put myself in that position where I was like, oh, I did those things at two in the morning when no one, when no one else was awake. And then I was like, that's, that's just the way I am. And you, be- you become very defensive of your own fucking shortcomings. You're like, I am, I just don't sleep very well, but 
I'm good at this. Mm. And it's like, you become defensive of it. And it's like, there's nothing to say that you can't fucking do that shit in the morning, you know, with a good night's sleep. And like, even now, I just feel like there's more hours in the day because it had hit that point where instead of being productive and creative at like yeah, after midnight, up, right? and it- I was just like mindlessly watching fucking TV. Yeah. It can go either way. Yeah. So it's like, it, that's a, it's kind of disappointing within myself. And I'm trying to frame them in a positive way, but it was like, it sucks that it took the 40 to fucking understand that. But again, you can just go, it's well, those periods of life. Like, it's like, realize that you suck at something, though. Yeah, for real. Like, look at Josh. He just started grappling and he's fucking sucked. <laughs> Crazy. He fucking loves it, though. <laughs> he fucking sucks. That's a lie. And you know it. Because last time we rolled together, you're like, hey, man, you're way better. You are. You're, you're okay. Yeah, and right. now I've I think that I've got it to a point now where I'm actually pretty fucking good. And now you want to try and bring me down, Dylan. Pretty fucking good. Is that good. it? Yeah. To what? I'm pretty slick. Mate. Eh? Pretty slick. <laughs> and it, 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 I know, you, you might I notice- know you're in love with the jiu-jitsu lifestyle, but let's fucking push, pump the brakes on this a little bit. <laughs> you might notice that I'm not jumping on your shortcomings while Delby's oh. talking about them. Just, just something to consider. Yeah, 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 I'm considering it. I'm, now. Jumping, on, <laughs> I'm jumping on everyone's shortcomings. <laughs> Take no prisoners. I like that. You know what I, I miss? Like, I was, I, I touched on this very briefly a little while ago. I was like, they talk about like toxic masculinity. I understand that overall it's probably a negative, but it's also hilarious. Like that that office that we used to work in. Yeah, it was just hardcore bullying. There's a power balance and it keeps shifting. And it's it, yeah. because it's based in it's it's based in humor, which is I feel like why it is. <clears throat> Why it stays? Why it? Why it's been something yeah. that's gone further to-, to that? Irrespective of the fact it's based in humor, it's actually based fully in love. What classifies as toxic masculinity? Because I don't feel like this is toxic. No, like, no, I'm no. Not berating you no. for those things and like making you feel worse or like questioning your sexuality and things like that. I feel like I feel like toxic masculinity is like being misogynistic around the boys for a laugh, or you know, like you know, like oh, what is that gay or something like that? It's like. Being like that thing, like making people feel insecure I about sexuality new- and things like that. But I feel like razzing your friends is like, is that toxic? Masculinity? It is, bro. That's what, because that's what people class it as. You know, imagine, okay, so if we are, Rach will probably be different, but if we did have people in here and you're, especially if you fly on the wall and you're just fucking, you're just bullying your friends. Yeah, I love that. And that's fun. Yeah. But that- to if you take a step out of that, it's like, oh, but you don't know how that person's feeling or what they're dealing with. And it's like, no, I'm helping remove them from that by having a fucking yeah, yeah. laugh. Like even what I was saying before, and you guys don't understand the nuance of my fucking humor, obviously, is that I will play the role of the person that's a fucking idiot. And you will be like, the fact that you know what I'm saying is absurd is going to make you more upset. That's and cool. it's like, that is a fucking, that's, Fun. That's, that's a what the band. Yeah, that's a ras. Mm. Yeah, but then you take it seriously and think that I don't. I still hold on to <laughs> that. I know you guys. <laughs> that's because I fucking planted. I planted trauma. Don't let's you. not fucking come back <laughs> on it. You didn't like run out of fuel multiple times <laughs> to get at me. <laughs> and maybe push your car around. <laughs> you push. are who you are, bro. Like, let's I'm let's not like all laid on in a rag, you know? Well, Scott's the only one of us who's got like a frequent flyers card for the pits to get his car re-registered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm just glad to see people catching up with me because it's happened to me twice. And I, I think you might have been twice. No, 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 no. I've never not paid a registration, my friend. Was it you? No. 
Someone's fucking John, lying. Boy, John do it recently. John did it. My mum did it. Everyone fucking does yeah. it now because they get you now because they don't. You don't have a sticker on your thing anymore. That's dot direct, bro. Dot direct. Yeah, I got dot sends direct. Sends me an SMS. Yeah, it literally yeah. tells me in email and SMS when I need to pay some mm. shit. And I've got multiple vehicles to pay registration on. Well, look at you. You're fucking, look, how, look how well you're doing, Organize. mate. Organize. <laughs> Calendars. <laughs> memos. Asana. <laughs> now, for real, though, the razzing, I think, is, a, is like important. Imagine if you went through life just, just not being kind all the time. I know. I, I honestly like the believe people I'm the most violent with in like a the in ones a combat you love setting. the most. <laughs> uh, yeah, in a combat setting, or, or or the people I give the most hassle to are the people I genuinely yeah. love. Like even my you know, even Rachel, my wife. It's like uh, I go after her. And she goes after me. Like, is she toxic masculinity? Because she gets at me. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> I think it's good toxic at it. She's great at yeah. it. Like, she's like, just poke. She knows poke. what buttons to press. She's like, I'm so fucking funny. Aren't I? I'm like, mm. <laughs> but she's generally is, a funny woman. Like, dude, 100%. And like, that's the thing is, like, I think that that term has got like thrown into the zeitgeist. And then everyone's like, oh, what is it? And it's like, well, it's. It's kind of like it feels obviously if you just look at it from like a media perspective, you f- it feels like just an attack on being one of the boys. Mm. And there is things where I, there's, I know that if you got thrown into the situation, like into the studio that we were in and there was someone in there, I'm not going to mention names, but sometimes would just fucking would tap out, you know, just be like, fuck, and just like just snap. And it's like, dude, you don't understand what this is. Yeah, it's this like- This is love. This is, yeah, it's like- if you were looking at it- Yeah, but that's conditioning. Ex- it's conditioning on anything. It's like if you got to understand the dynamic of something and it's like if you're coming into a, a, uh, re- a like a reactionary system where you're the minority, it's like of course you're going to say Like that person was coming into a thing where there was like years of experience of razzing. So it's like that's all new. And you'd see it. It was like someone would get bored. There's four people in the office. Someone would get bored and you'd see them just look around. And then they'd just pick a target and then they'd say something and then someone else would pick up on that and be like, yeah. And then you'd know because when, when it happened to you, it's fun. It's fun because you're like, fuck, fuck you guys. Off. There's nothing you can fucking yeah, do. Fuck, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, I suppose, yeah, it's like toxic masculinity definitely exists, but it's all, I think maybe it's open to interpretation a little bit because it's like I feel like it's more about like trying to bring people down for their beliefs or whatever and like, you know, reverting to like a sexuality-based situation. I think like, it's- I feel like locker room kind of shit where it's like people are being like overly misogynistic and like grabbing their dicks in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you know, like, but it's like I think like having like, razzing and like going back and forth i think i don't know if it feels like i think but definitely for some people it would be that mm. but it's like for me personally it's not but it's like again i wouldn't do crazy misogynistic shit either you know like yeah so but i like mean it's, me, it's that, there's limits to it you know? it's got to be it's, it's obviously a spectrum like yeah. i think to some people that there is there is people it, in, in a way it's like the thinning of the herd it's like who do i want to hang out with it's like People yeah. that, that that aren't offended by fucking everything that I say, you know, like, and it's like people who understand how to take a joke and stuff like that. But yeah. then that is something that you are constantly calibrating and, then, and you know is, that you don't want to fucking offend and, someone. And bullying and ganging up on someone, like, it stops. Like, bullying as well, like, 
in this dynamic, the bullying ends at the conversation, right? Like we just attacked you for like being, <laughs> being that guy, but it's like it stops. Like we don't come. But I feel like the bullying extends. It's like if that holds up and you continue to persecute someone. But you know that you feel the weather change when that happens. And it's like, guys, you fucking chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, and I think when potentially in new groups, when you're young, that can, some people do actually then, you you know, dudes that that were in high school, like I played in a band with a dude that I was never necessarily friends with, but I went to high school with him and he, he was bitter the whole time. Like, and so I knew him until he was in his sort of early to mid twenties and he was really constantly referencing high school and he'd be like, everything was like, I'm fucking show these guys. Like I'm going to be fucking. And it was like, Whoa, dude, are you? Yeah. I don't think about high school at all. Some people can't roll with the punches, you know, like some people take those blows and it stays with them, you know? Yeah. Because some people go into their shell and it's like, you know, I think if especially kids going into like a new school or something, it's like you can be. Yeah. People will test you, and you need to be able to be. But yeah, that's you're gonna be but that's life. In your situation that is that's that, life, and, and you need like, to learn those fucking without things. like bullying and and things like that. And it's like that can still happen in like an in passive aggressive way in a corporate world or things like that. Like you have to be malleable because everyone is so different, and their take on you and your take on them and the way they approach things. It's you have to be adjustable. Like Josh is very adjustable in the way he can befriend people very quickly. Uh, but it's like some people can't do that. Mm. You know, it's like some people can't roll with those punches as as well as the next guy. And I think yeah. that's the thing is like I th- I feel like new social movements are kind of moving towards protecting the weakest people yeah. on, on a on a on a mass level, and it's like I for me it's like the nuance of the relationships that I've been in with other dudes, where it's like friendships and stuff. It's like I'm not friends with anyone that's a fucking hateful or mean person because you you can you know that, and it's like that's just as nuanced as any of the other part of the spectrum of like where you you're like oh you're you're bullying because you fucking yeah. have have this fucking hatred inside you yeah. and it's like you're not razzing like cuz i don't think i never considered any of it it could it certainly be interpreted as bullying but it's not to the four people that are doing it even the, even yeah. us three here it's like no we're fucking with each other and it's all different levels of where people go like you look at me and Rod, for example, it's like someone from the outside would think we fucking hate yeah, each other. Yeah, him. He was at you today. He goes <laughs> after me, and I go after him for uh-huh. other shit. And like a person on the outside would be like, "These guys don't like each other," but it's like I love that guy. Yeah, like he's one of my close, close friends. You know, and it's like it's just different levels. And I understand he will go after me, and I'm like, "Let's go, baby." You know, it like it makes you way more resilient, mm. way more resilient. And like that's what I was saying before. It's like. I cherish those times where I got fucking pushed into like being a better version of myself because that's what I needed. But what you were talking about before around like those people that are like most vulnerable, I think that maybe that's not what they need. And I think we're all everyone's got got different levels to what they can take or how they react to things and respond to things. It's like you got to approach everyone differently. Like you find that level and you go, cool. Well, that's like my stepbrother. I'm not fucking. I'm not bullying him. Because I just don't think he, it, I don't think it would. Yeah, yeah. There's people in my life that it's like I don't raz at all because no. it's like we're just not on that level. Yeah, but know? we're growing. But we're- I'll talk shit with them. Like I'll say nonsense 
and they'll have a laugh and we'll have a laugh, but there's other people like fully go after. Like, yeah. And it's cool, but it's like, again, toxic masculinity, it has its limits. Like if, if what we're doing now is considered toxic masculinity, there's certain rooms that I could be in and be like, oh, this is yucky. Like I don't, who the fuck are these people? This is gross, you know? But I, I do feel- out of this situation. I do feel as well that you, you can't, it, it's a conditioning where you're like, we're all grown men, so it's very easy to fucking say these things because we understand yeah, yeah, we yeah. understand what we're doing and we understand who we are. But I think I think that that thing is more in the sense of like we've all witnessed it, like what what I would consider that, you know, like fucking in like old corporate dudes and like casual racism and fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, derogatory comments about women and stuff where – because every dude has had it where you'll be somewhere and some fucking dude will just be like yeah. trying to be familiar and he'll he'll dig something in to be like, yeah, you yeah, know, one I wouldn't mind fucking that and that's fucking where I think bitch. It lies. That. It's like dudes trying to be one of the boys. Yeah, and, and you're like, whoa. fall back on that. Like if they take it too far and someone's like, you're a fucking idiot. And they go, oh, I'm just fucking, it's just banter, bro. Mm. Take a joke. It's like, no, what you're saying is really shit. So it's like pull your fucking head in or you'll probably get dumped on that head, you know? <laughs> and you've we've all done that before. Like I've had situations where someone has just been up like a belligerent just come in with. to try yeah, yeah. and just be out of line and be like domineering Abrasive, and you're like, who the fuck yeah. are you? Yeah. And it's like, I think that's more positive, but it's like I think the perspective when it comes to that conversation, because obviously we I don't think any of us necessarily understand it, but I also think the people perpetrating it under one big fucking banner don't understand it it's like it just comes to perspective yeah, and it's just like because if you have a kid and he's going to school and he's a little bit fucking within himself you're like i hope he doesn't get fucking I, yeah I, I, it goes both ways though because it's like you've got parents who are like all they see is that kind of shit mm. they copy and then they, they just do what their parents have done it's like it, it, again it's like it comes down to the core of what it is. It's like raise your fucking kids right. Yeah. You know, I don't want my child to be bullying anyone. I want it to be have great friends that he can give hassle to, but if I find out he's picking on someone because they're like weaker than him in some certain way, I'll be like, oh, I'm a fuck you up, boy. <laughs> Would you be happy with him being who you were in high school? That's a very good question. Oh, Yeah. Do you, like, do you think because he will I wasn't figure- a, I wasn't a scumbag, dude. Yeah. You know, like I was like nice. I was friends with a lot of people. I was friends with like, like my whole thing. It's like, if I could describe myself, I'm like a jock nerd hybrid. Yeah. That's what I say. It's like, I was always a defender. I would, like, I'd agree with that. I was like, I do nerdy shit. You know, I do. I'm really into like super nerdy shit. World of and I was always a defender. <laughs> no, not what a walk but like I like Pokemon games. Go. You would, pretty dude. Well. I'm a oh, yeah, fucking Pokemon true, advocate. True. But it's like I would always be a defender of the nerds. I would never pick, if I saw someone picking on nerds, I fucking leave him alone. And I would put myself in the line to be like defender. It's like live your life. If it's not hurting anyone, no one should be fucking around me for it. You know. You know, one of the first interactions I had with you was because we, I think we we. Pretty, we became friends pretty quickly after we met each other. But I remember you, it was like you were kind of fucking razzing me at a rehearsal studio, yeah. but it was in a, a weird gay way. You were because you said I was, you were like, you're pretty good looking. And I was like, Sorry. that, but yeah, no, but, <laughs> but I, I was on the same thing. I was like, yeah, yeah. And you know what, like, we, you, you play like it was like a, a little gay playoff, and it was like, ah, oh, you understand. We both understand each other. You are but, good looking, man. Yeah, thanks, I give people compliments. That really, that, that really, that really helped with me. Yeah. But the um the thing that 
one of the early things I remember is that in that scene that we were in, it was like there was a bunch of people that were kind of looking for family and they were looking for a fucking connection. And then there was also a bunch of people that were like happy to have like a friendship within that. Like, and I think that was more me and you, where we, we weren't necessarily fully looking for it. It was just like, this is kind of where my I've meandered my way to. I wasn't actively seeking it out, but it felt comfortable because back at the time it was like, we would be mis, I think mislabeled in some degree, but people, the social fucking status of it was that like people were like you fucking emos. Cause we wore like skinny jeans and flannels and stuff. And we were like, are you fucking kidding me? And we would always be me, you, Danny, anyone like that would be fine to stand up for ourselves. But there was people that were a little bit more meek in that place. And I remember someone, someone had like done something or punched someone. Or, and I remember you saying, and this, you were fucking young. Like you would have been just in your early twenties and you were like, now I need to fucking sort it out because I'm like the enforcer <laughs> in this. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and you were like, I'm good to do it, but you, you guys need to fucking stand up for yourself. Because yeah, I feel like you were like the enforcer of the of this motley crew of fucking <laughs> rat guys. Yeah, of, of people yeah. that were making music and trying to fucking express themselves. And this was the thing I think that we had to grow out of was I always loved sports. I always played sports, like spitting when I talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you are fond of that. I always loved this. You want to jump? You want to see what we're doing now? <laughs> um, <laughs> But I loved sports. I played sports, but I also liked music and I liked fucking creative yeah. things. There was a period in that time where I felt like the jock thing. I was just like, fuck this shit. There was still a part of me that was that, but I was like a creative person. And then it was like that whole side of society when I was in my early 20s, there was a weird divide between jock dudes and fucking creative people. And then it was like, we were also standoffish with each other. And there was those yeah. like things where it was like- I think it's like- Coming back to the start of your analogy, it's like there's a buy-in to everything, right? Whether it's like hardcore or or jujitsu or whatever, it's like how much you want to buy in is completely up to you. And depending on how like you need to belong to something is how much you're going to buy in. So it's like whether it's hardcore, mm -hmm. it's like you know there's people who are like, this is my life. Yeah, and, and they were like, wholesale buying. They were like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. am going to be whatever I need to be and to be like accepted. The same. It's like you go to any gym in the world and there's guys who live for it because they need something. The same as religion. It's like you buy – it's how much do you want to buy in is how much do you want to belong, how much do you want to be accepted. Because there's certain things in the world, like the three things I just noted. So it's like music – like a music subculture, like a gym, like a fight gym or religion, it's like it's the kind of place where like you're untouchable until you do something really bad. It's like no matter how much of a fucking idiot you are, you have to be accepted because of common ground. And until you like really step out, it's like and you like have to actually like flush yourself out of it, it's like, it's like they've got no choice but to accept me because I'm part of that. You know, and you, I've seen it in all these subcultures I've been part of where it's like you've got people who are like, it's part of my life, but it isn't my life, mm. you know, and they're chill. And that's a healthy, that's, yeah, a, that's healthy a healthy way balance to be, yeah. Because balance is everything. And then there's people who are like, this is my whole life. They put BJJ in their fucking Insta tag and they're a fucking blue belt competing in like some local competition. It's like, 
Or, you know, like, and, they, you know, dudes getting hand tats and investing. They've been into, like, a kind of music for a year. Yeah. And it's like- Three X's on your neck. Yeah, yeah, shit like that. And it's like, it's same as church. Where they're telling everyone else they're going to hell because it's like they need to belong. So it's like the stronger mm. I'm in this- And they're almost trying to prove that to the, yeah, yeah, to the yeah, other yeah. people. It's like, look how, like- Look how fucking into you see this when I that am. shit shuts down for those people, what happens? They either jump to another thing where they ha- they have the other the people in that subculture have no choice but to accept them, or they fall apart and they spend ages just like looking for a new identity to latch onto. That's what it comes down to. It's like if you have a whole life and you understand who you are, things you do become part of your life, they don't become your life, which I think is a massive thing. And I see that. All the time in this, in grappling in in martial arts and shit, people are f- absolute fucking freaks. It's like I got this theory where it's like gym freaks fight; they sense an absence, and it's like if there's not another freak in there, they'll join that gym. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and everyone's like, "Oh, this motherfucker!" It's like, and eventually that will just get weeded out because people are like, "I don't have to fucking, I don't want to deal with this dude. He's fucking ridiculous." But they might have six months of grace where it's like people are getting a read on who they are. You know, and then it's the same as like fucking straight edge dudes who like, oh, I'm fucking edge for life. And then in six months, they've like cheated with like some dude's girlfriend and they've broken edge and they've gone fucking like, they're like, oh, well, now I'm a fucking junkie. You know, they've gone like, <laughs> yeah, oh, they did. We, saw, we saw that you know, happen. Like, <laughs> like, I saw that happen a lot where it was like, the dudes that were, if you were that into hardcore, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you were lucky that you weren't that into drugs. It's like, because that, yeah, that yeah. shit is the way that so it, it's it like, went. It's like, just. Have balance in your life too. Like you can be into shit without having to buy it all the way in, you know? Like you don't have to sell your soul to anything. Just enjoy it for what it is. Like some people need it though. Roses for that shit. Some people are like some people need hardcore like, saved my life yeah. because it's like it, there was nothing and then there was this. It's like, yeah, but if that's the case, like you need to now try and build yourself into a, be a, 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 a full human. person yeah, yeah, yeah. because – and I feel like – there's a period where you can recognize that in people, especially when, you, when you're more grown up, you can recognize that in people. I look back on like people that I knew in that scene and just, just, just in my general vicinity growing up and I was like, they're a bit off or you, you yeah. kind of have that litmus for it. But then I was like looking at it now, I'm like, oh, you probably had a fucking bad home life and you were looking for Dude, something. And, the thing and it's that- like you can't fuck with people for that. But yeah. you're like, when you do find that fucking level ground, you, you do need yeah, to be like, I've got dick, space to breathe. Let's a fucking. A dickhead is a dickhead at the <clears> end of the day. It's like, just because we have a common interest doesn't mean I have to like you. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people come into subcultures and, and niche things for because it's like, you have to like me because I'm paying my membership fees or I'm attending this thing. I'm investing in it. And it's like, literally, the emptier your fucking life, the more you're going to invest in this one thing. Yeah. You see it at gym. I see it at like fitness gyms as well. Yeah, you need to fill that void because it's like you got nothing else. Mm. It's like, and for a majority of people, it would just be work. You know, they date within their working circle. They live, they go out for drinks with work people, this, that, and the other. But uh, some people can't even hold a fucking job. So they find a subculture to be part of and then they just have a shitty job. And it's an excuse as to why they're not successful. And it's like, nah, nah, because I'm about this. It's like I've, I've met people and we've all met people where it's like they will talk to you about how much they earn or yeah. what car they drive well, and things like that as like that's my within identity. the first 10 minutes of, yeah. of meeting them. And it, or it's not so much they'll tell you, they'll ask you questions about that because they want to tell you about theirs. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, 
And I just slide that shit in. Yeah, I'm just like not going to tell people about anything. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's great. Yeah, like I'm a a genuinely friendly guy, but I don't give all my cards away straight away. Mm. Like there's levels to how much I let you in because it's like there's fucking heaps of dickheads in this world. <laughs> yeah. You know, like- it's, You give everyone a chance though, right? Like always, it's like you got to give them a chance, but then you're like, ah, oh, I just you gotta don't really give everyone a chance because it's like you don't know who the person you're talk, that's talking to you is about. It's like you might find something really fucking fascinating about them and they could be genuinely interesting, <laughs> whether it's for a conversation for an hour or you become a friend for life for them. It's like there's, you got to give everyone a chance. And you can normally, I'm fine. I'm a pretty good judge of character. It's like I can tell if someone's a fucking idiot within one or two conversations. It's know? interesting doing this, right? Because we've had we've had a number of guests on, and you can find common ground with anyone in a conversation. You you fully yeah, yeah. can, and you almost have to because it's it's like otherwise no one's going to fucking care when they listen. Mm. But you you meet people, and some people come in like I reckon we've done at least fifty percent of people where we've never met them before. Yeah, yeah, easily. And yeah, it's that, like that's part of the art, though, really. And it's like they're coming in to talk about themselves. So it's like you're giving it's an them easy a, thing, you're giving yeah. them a platform to mm. find common ground because they're like feeding you information. You but know? what's a conversation like? Realistically, they're going, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And you're like, uh, "It's just hooks." Like they we, we're all just trying to get some fucking form of conversation yeah. going, and it happens every time because everyone is. I think biologically, we're all have the people, especially people that want to be videotaped on a fucking podcast to talk about something. It's, really it's like awkward. they're ready to fucking talk about something. But yeah. the idea is that you remove, that that disappears after however long. Yeah. And, yeah, we definitely have had people where I'm like, I enjoyed that conversation, but I'm not really yeah, interested in having, in, in them being a friend of mine. Yeah, you know he's I mean? not my people. Yeah. But you still respect you what they are people, and what they do. Know? Yeah, like there's, there's a lot of people, it's like, I acknowledge them, but it's like, and I'm not mean to them or don't wish ill will upon them, but it's like some people just aren't your people, you know? Like it's it doesn't make it good or bad. You don't have to be friends with everyone, but it's like if someone's not your people, it's not a sin. You pick on that really, really, really quick. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's like it is what it is, you know? Have you got any good examples of like full gym freaks that you've come across in all your years of training? Heaps. Yeah. Heaps, dude. Like, Have you got any like notable notable stories? Because I, I, me and Stefan had a full chin wag once in the car park of the gym where he was telling me some gym freak stories. Well, that would be pretty similar. Yeah. Like because obviously me and Stefan spent a lot of time at the same gyms, but it's like there are some wild freaks where it's like how do you even exist? There was one that like I was the biggest freak where he would like, I'm going to be a pro MMA fighter and – nothing can stop me and then it's like he was so bad <laughs> at everything like he was just like and but he was like he was convinced that he was the best you know and people were just like this guy's delusional and it's you know would think he was inventing new strikes and shit <laughs> like hammer fisting people standing up and it's like that doesn't work like you're an idiot and I'm like so he i forgot his name but like i he left the gym and i'm 100% sure he stole shin pads of mine because he always liked them. And then he just shows up in Sydney where Marco was training and Marco's like, what the fuck? This guy is following me. He's like, <laughs> there's, but it's just, it's crazy. Like there's like fucking, you think about in Melbourne, how many gym freaks there are. Like there's way more people and it's like people are just genuinely freaks. Like there's, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great people yeah, yeah. at my gym at Absolute, but it's like, my God. Humans exist. I met you know? him the other day. How cool is Richie? 
there was a story. I don't know whether it'll it'll uh, translate or not. So we we might cut this out. But that Richard one, Latte Magic, Latte name. Magic. Yeah, yeah no, nah, he um, I sent him a bunch of like uh, recommendations for shit to do down in in Mark yeah. River. And you know what's interesting? Like, let's say I was to go to Melbourne and I message you. And I'm like, hey man, what should I do in Melbourne? And then you tell me all these things, and I do like none of them. Yeah, and you're like fucking. Come on, man. What am I, dog meat? Bro, I told him things to do and he went to every single one. He is a genuinely nice guy. So I met him uh, when I joined the gym. He was working the counter. So if you want freak stories, he's probably the best. (laughs) Because he's the fucking door person for freaks. So he was just like a legend straight away. Like was just my dude. He's he's just a cheeky legend of a man. Last time you were in Perth, we sat around in a circle fucking on the mats and you told a story about having to put someone out like in front of everyone and there was a catchphrase to it. <laughs> what? Look what you made me do. <laughs> oh, dude. Fuck, it's Rod. It's Rod. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. That's a story. I can't mention names though. So Rod, no, of course not. Rod set me up for a death match. Someone was like talking shit to me. They were bigger. This is like early days and he's like, Rod's like poking the bear with me. He winds me up nonstop. Rod is really, really shoot at that. He's getting in this other guy's ear. He's like, you can take Adam. No problem. You can take Delby. You can take him out. And this guy's geeing up. He's starting to talk shit to me. Rod's taking a class one night. We're both in the class. And he's like, all right, we're going to get these two going in a match. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do this. Like, don't. And he's like, nah, we're going to do it. I'm like, all right, respect the belt. Let's go. And this guy comes with the heat. He's probably like 100 kilos and I'm like competing at 79. So there's like a 20 kilo difference. And he's like fucking coming at me. And I'm like, you know, like fending him off. And I'm like start getting real angry because I'm like, I can't get anything on this guy. He's big. And I kind of like sweep him, come up and it's like catch his jaw. And I'm just like yanking it, pretty much kick his leg out and choke him without hooks in. I'm just like, ah, look at Rod in the eye. It was like something of a martial arts movie. And like, and he's like, tap, 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 tap. And I like, held it on and like throw him out. And he's like spun out on the ground. And I'm like, look what you made me do <laughs> <laughs> to run. And he's like, oh, and I was off. And I was like, don't you fucking put me in that decision. I stormed up. Oh, man. so you'd actually, you'd actually fucking. I went after yeah. this motherfucker. And he's like. And Rod's like, ooh, like he we wound me up. And I, I didn't want to hurt this guy, but he was coming with the heat, like, you know. And then, like, I was like, didn't talk to Rod for like six weeks. He's like at <laughs> MMA training camp together. Like, we had both had fights on and we like trained. We just didn't acknowledge each other. Like, we were angry at each other because he was like, fuck you, you should be tougher than that. And I'm like, fuck you, don't put me in that position. And it's like, we were sparring one day and I think uh, I hit him with like a body kick and he like took a knee. And then I was like, we're good. In that whole, but don't get, like, we made peace and we have an understanding with each other for sure. But it's like, he continued to fuck me up that whole camp as well. Like, he's a fucking way better grappler than me. And so I just took it and I just hit him with his kick. And I was like, I, I was like, we're good. <laughs> it's cool. No disrespect, Rod, but I hit you with that body kick. <laughs> 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 but he'd be like, you've never passed my guard. Yeah, he's a, he's a fucking brutal dude, man. He's, he's a savage. Like, he, he, Rodney raises savages, man. Like, he, like I pretty much, my mentality with, with martial arts is, like, comes a lot from him because he was, like, he gathered us up and, like, we kind of coached ourselves for a long time and we had this mentality, like, you see the guys – 
Jack, Bradshaw. <sighs> Stefan is like an old man now, so I don't know. If look I at look at Lockie. I mean, going from white yeah, belt yeah, yeah. to Pernod and that's the so same quick. thing. It's like uh, Marco. He got into the fold. Ming, like all these dudes, we like pretty much coached ourselves and just had this mentality of like, if we're on, we're on. We're going after it. And it's like in that situation, you kind of can teach art because it's like we just went after it. And honestly, Rod was a bit of the ringleader because he was like, let's go. Let's do it. I need to get good. So I'm going to use you guys, you know. Um, but, yeah, fuck that motherfucker. He winds me up big time, eh? I love hearing that story, eh? Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a sign of, like, good fucking actual genuinely earned friendship as well, though, where you can actually fucking be off each other but then just be like, no, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we didn't talk for a fair while. I mean, like, train together. But then it's like, all right, this is cool. This is done far enough. And, yeah, it was like. Just again, it's like you see us together, and it's like you honest, genuinely think we hate each other. Like people, like like that Friday night at that Craig Jones seminar, we were like, like fighting each other. Like I fucking punched him in the chest, like real hard. Checked, he kicked me in the like, leg, kicked me. Like, and everyone's like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And then it's like we just stop and laugh and hug each other. And it's like so weird. But he genuinely hates me. Like, he hates- <laughs> <laughs> I think he hates that I'm getting better too. Yeah. Without his guidance. Yeah. <laughs> Hot take. Nah, nah, fuck you. Right? Do you remember fucking, um, we ran businesses together for fucking, it was like at least 11 years. Yes. And we were pretty good. It was like a me and you It was thing. a dance. It was, a, yeah, but we definitely had, we figured out what our strong points were and, and we fucking were a pretty solid unit. But I remember going to, a camping music festival down south. Oh, yeah. And I remember this. I fucking spat, like I spazzed like hard. And it was like, I think we'd all been, we all had like fucking passes to get dinner or something. We'd gone to get dinner and they were like, we can't give you dinner because the acts need to be fed. And it was it was something or other. And I was the one that was advocating for everyone to get fed. So I'm I'm like arguing with the people at the fucking food thing going, yo, we've been told we're getting fed. And I'm so I'm I'm leading the pack going, I'm gonna fucking make this happen. And it doesn't fucking happen. And I'm like pissed off about it. Not with anyone else. I was just pissed off about it with the people that were kind of gatekeeping the, the situation. Catering. Yeah. And so with my girlfriend at the time, I was like, Well, we're fucking hungry. Everyone's obviously got to find their own way. So I went and got food. We went to like the the food trucks or whatever it was. It was like 40 fucking degrees. It was a nightmare. I was hungry as a motherfucker, which means I'm at my worst. Like, it's like, if you, you know me well, like, if I'm hungry, it's like, I'm at my fucking worst. And then the weakest of the bunch, Chan. <laughs> this is old Chan as well. Uh-huh. Not necessarily new, like. New fit. Yeah, new fit, Chan. successful Chan. Chan. And, what um, an improvement. What a legend. Oh, yeah, for real. Shout out to Chan. But he'll be the first to admit at the time. He was not the best specimen of a fucking human being. And he, te- he, it's a poor judgment call on his part. He fucking texts me a photo because what had happened is I had left with my girlfriend, gone to get food. 15 minutes later, they had persisted in some way or found some other thing. And he just texts me a picture of all of them eating at the catering. And I fucking spazzed, dude. Like, <laughs> 
I spazzed so fucking hard because no one messaged me to go, hey, man, we, got, we food. got the food, come back. They just were like, you fucking, like, fuck you. And I, I fucking <laughs> I spazzed. So I came back and I fucking, I just was this machine gunning everyone. And it was me, it was mainly aimed at like Chan, but it was, a, I was coming to you as well. I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, you fucking let me fucking know. What am I, the fucking idiot? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going nuts. And I am justified. This is a great I time. am just, because you've heard my side of the story. So I am justified in what I did. Now, your side of the story would be different because we had different perspectives on it. Yeah. So that happened. That definitely happened. Multiple people tried to text Scott, but because we're out in the fucking no middle of nowhere, text couldn't get through. I'm so fucking mad right now. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely texted. I know people were weird definitely tried to text. We the like, only text that got through was a fucking, fucking photo. Fucking photo. Like, bad timing, bad timing. But his is very accurate. No one left him out in the wind. It was just impossible. All he got was a fucking photo <laughs> I seen him through. Dumbass, Chan. And we get back to the house and he just dug his heels in this motherfucker. And I'm like under the influence of a few certain things. And I'm like, all right, motherfucker, you want to argue? And we just like stood toe-to-toe and just like berated yeah. each other. And it was like people were like, fucking you guys. People were down. freaking out because we were – we were running all this, sh- like all our friendship group that was there. Yeah, the like, whole thing where I was like, I had to like protect these weakest specimens. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let's go. Like I kind of said, I was like, under my wing, dude. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was scorched. He was, he was, I've never, probably never seen you madder. Yeah, like I've seen you mad in different ways, but like mad at like certain people in a direct way. I was like, Ooh, I was like, let's go, let's get this heat. You know what I'm like? So we went at it, and we like it was fun because we'd never really been at it yeah. like that. I think we were both so justified on each other's side. On, yeah, on yeah, because I had my point of view. Where yeah. I was like, we genuinely mm. tried to text you, but like. Yeah, and we went. I'm not going to comment on the, the other play parts of the play. But it was like, <laughs> <laughs> we was led down a certain path by certain people. So we went fucking dude. ham on each other. And as far as everyone else was concerned, because everyone else was like there because we were there essentially because we'd set it up and we were running the shit. And then it was like. He's like, yeah, fuck you. And I was like, fuck you. And then we just both fucking bounced. And I went to another caravan and did fucking heaps of molly. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually think I did this. I, I'm pretty sure we did the same thing. And then thing. I floated back. It was probably like an hour and a half later. And I remember walking in and you walked in. I was like, you good? You're like, yeah. I was, like, <laughs> I was good. And that, and that was, was it. very good. That was our biggest blow up ever. Back, <laughs> I floated back to that fucking house. I tell you right now. And people's minds exploded. <laughs> yeah, people were like, "Oh my god!" I thought it was the end of everything that we'd been doing. And it was just like, "Yeah, let's fuck it." Let's it's interesting when go. you get to a, a like a point in a relationship with someone where it almost feels like there's this pent up thing. Like every day, it's like someone eats something wrong. You're like, "Oh fuck, I hate how yeah. he does that." And then it's like, "Oh, he fucking drives like a fuckwit." Oh, I hate how he does that. And it just builds up and builds up and builds up. And even though it's like small incremental things, it all just gushes out of yeah. you at once. And you're like, after it, you're like, "Fuck, did I just torch that whole relationship over <laughs> yeah, some yeah. Dumb, dumb shit?" Yeah, and over then- not letting the gas out of the fucking tank so, like yeah, yeah, in yeah. in small increments. I don't think we've ever had that because we'd always call each other and shit. Yeah, we, we were it, but that was what we were saying before about what yeah. could be classed as that toxic thing. It's like, nah, we were, and even all three yeah. of us, you, you're constantly. You're constantly letting the air out of that balloon 
in small ways with jo- with like jokes and different things or even like potentially more serious things. But it's like if you just if you build if you hold it in and just build up resentment, it makes you into a shitty fucking person. Yeah. And then you do do that well, where I, you're I just like Ugh. our dynamic is definitely more like a brotherly dynamic than it is like a friend dynamic. Yeah. Like I feel like between you and your brother and me, there's like we've always had a thing where we could like go at each other and then just like let it go, yeah. you know, where it's like we have beefs and we go fucking we sit down, have it out. Like, you know, I'm not as close as Dan- with Danny, your brother anymore, but it's like I've had those moments with him too where Fully. it's like we – and I've been in the pocket of you for a long time prior to moving away where it was like it comes to a point where he's like almost like a brotherly relationship where you have fucking arguments and then you're just like, ah, fuck, all right, that's done. You know, that's like, strength of relationship you know? though. Like yeah, if yeah. you can argue with like, people and then just keep it moving, don't get me yeah, wrong. I'm feeling like, exactly the same way. <laughs> like you're a, but it is what it is. Like yeah. it's like, it's always there. And I'm just like this. Mother. I know who you are. You yeah. know what I mean? I think that's what yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like, you know, like we know who each can, other are. I can read Scott Mellor to a point where I could probably give him a look on certain things. Like he'll say something and I'll just give him a look and he'll be like, don't you fucking look at me! Like <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know all the pressure points. Hey, I got like uh-huh. a death touch on Scott Miller. Uh-huh. I was just like, you "Can't really, you don't think it's the same thing?" I'm like, "You really? I'd have fuck your idea. whole shit up." Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go. Okay. No, no one's attacking me. Yeah, I'm good. Hey, I don't know about you, but I charge my phone at night. Yeah, <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it is. It's, relationships are a weird thing, man. It's like certain people again can't take those kind of situations, but it's like. I just fucking really like the human condition. Mm. Like I love seeing how people respond and react to things, what drives people to make a choice that they make in their life. It's like the same thing that we touched on with freaks five minutes ago. It's like I fucking love freaks. I love putting myself in situations where it's like I know nothing about this scene or these people here and just people watching. Mm. It's been like mix it up with the freaks always because it's like you can find some fucking interesting stories, you know. And you can figure out the. I think if you have an understanding of your little, tri- especially people are seasons, right? Like you hang out with people for periods of time, like whether it's like common interest, you guys, it might be like you're at a certain gym, you obviously moved away from Perth. So you, you had to build a whole new fucking thing. But when, I think when you've been so entrenched in genuine friendships or at least genuine relationships, because you fuck people off, you, I don't. I'm, I I let people fucking kind of slide out, and I'll stop talking to them. I'm not really big on like having big blow up fucking end of relationships, but it's like nah. I think when you do it, when you do that, and and you get into your thirties, you're like you walk into any group dynamic, and you're like you understand the lay of the land pretty quickly within a fucking you know one yeah, interaction of a group. You're like okay, you're kind of the dominant one, and like you're you're pretty calm and you're fucking keeping your shit together but you know what's going on. And you kind of start to realize that I think there's studies with it where it's like every group has the same roles and you can actually break them down yeah, most of the time. Yeah, so like varying degrees. Yeah, yeah. There is. It's like, I mean, broad strokes, obviously. It's that whole thing. It's like the guys I trained with in Melbourne – for a long time, didn't even they thought I had made up my whole life. Yeah, and they were like, we don't believe you. <laughs> we don't even believe you're married, bro. Like, <laughs> I just <coughs> excuse me, I just didn't intro like training was training, and I would show up and do it and be friends with these guys. But it's like I didn't really introduce them to my extended life. You know, like they're like, we don't even know if you fucking do what you do for a job. You know, like <laughs> we got no no idea. 
And it's like, but it's like, that's the difference with the guys here. Like, it's like, I've spent years with them. Like, they know everything about my life. And it's like, not to say that like the guys I train with in Melbourne are worse guys or anything. They're fantastic people that I train with, but it's like, it just takes years to develop that, you know, like develop that rapport with people. And it just comes from time. You and know? just that subconscious endurance. understanding, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like you said, the look, it's like, that doesn't, that happens over fucking. I mean, we spent every day together for fucking a, a long yeah, period of time. Yeah, yeah. so it's like so. you you subconsciously already you can feel vibe changes. You can feel all that sort of stuff. You know. Yeah. And that's that's awesome. That but that happens. It just happens. You don't. I don't think there's anything you can do to speed that along. It's just like no, no, you just, just become used time. to your environment. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like people come in and out of your life. Maybe you never get the time to develop that relationship with them. But it's like there's some people that just are a forbearing present whether it's like by force like being in a gym and training together or a work situation or whatever it's like you just get to know people and if it's an organic response it's like you are just going to get to know them you're going to start to experience the nuances of them and things like that it's it is what it is and you've been honing your own fucking your own perception of of things like constantly throughout your life so like you know we all know like you'll meet someone for the first time and you're like I'm probably going to be friends with this. Like, I know that I, yeah. and it's, it's not chill. anything that they fucking are necessarily yeah. saying. It's just like, you, f- you feel that and you're like, I'm, I'm going to be, me and this person are going to be fucking fine. Yeah. And then other people you're like, I don't know. It's all stuff yeah. that's been built up in yourself. But do you ever think there's people that you could be really, really great friends with, but you just don't have that, the common ground? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like John, just- John Mayer. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's like you got you got no lead in, or like say you just you're you run in separate circles, or there's just no opportunity for you to connect with. Like I feel like there's a ton of people like mm. that you might just like cross briefly, and you could be you could be compatible in such a way that it's like very close. Mm. But it's like you just never get that chance. But it's like I suppose what I think do you do about that. That's you know? why like, you need to just put yourself in situations i mean like i i remember going i remember meeting my ex-girlfriend and i the, the day that i already knew her but like when the day that we got together i like went to a i didn't want to fucking go to a music festival my friend was picking me up and i was texting him being like yeah i'm not fucking going and he's like i'm downstairs and it's like sliding doors yeah sliding doors shit so it's like you need to you do need to put yourself into yeah, the fucking yes. water sometimes because your life's not going to change playing fucking PlayStation. Your life's not going to change fucking, mm. you know, doing, being fucking. Insular. Being insular. Yeah, yeah. I got to remind myself of that all the time because the more you, you fucking in. build, the more you build comfort in your life, the more you're yeah. like. <sighs> well, like, like <laughs> one thing I've realized heaps uh, since having a child is like, I'm a quite a social creature. Like I'm like a uh, extroverted introvert. So it's like I get energy being by myself, but I thrive off like being in social situations. Like I love connecting with people. Like it's the same thing with like my work. It's like I never want to be a guy that like goes in to do a pitch with like a PowerPoint and shit like that. For me, it's like how do we work together as humans first? Yes. It's like my main pitch is going to be like let's go have a coffee and just chat shit and see if if we understand each yeah, other, we, yeah, we're cool. You know, it's like I don't need to pitch because it's like if it's gonna work, it's gonna work. It's the same. Everything's organic. Like 
everything out. You can't force yourself. Like, he looks like a cool guy. I'm going to try and be friends with him because that person's not going to respond to you trying to be their friend. They're going to. Yeah, you're coming under in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Rather than meeting them. I never want to be the guy that's like trying to do something. It's like, let's just have a chat and see what happens. That's what success in creative industry is. And I'm sure it is in others as well. But like, I, I was explaining this to someone that was working in here for a while. I was like, I can work on any job and be successful at any any uh, d- design job b- within my field if I can meet the person, the person that's fucking and, and yeah, yeah. understand them. If I can understand them, even if the industry is completely different, it's like I know where I know what makes you tick. I know what like your base idea is. Yeah. So I can attack it from if we can find common ground. I can attack it almost as if I'm you in a way, like in, because I understand who you are. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when you're trying to do that from like, you know, it's like, oh, do you want to just mimic like a, this stylistically, or do you want to just like, um, you know, like it's tr- it's, it's, it's trying way to easier to work for someone who's a dude that you like respond with than a dick. Mm. Like imagine working for a dick who's trying to like power move you and like alpha you and shit like that, and it's just like, and they're difficult. It's like. You can get that read from one coffee for sure. You can, 100%. you know, like, and so it's like if that's the the main tell for me, you know, like you got to be have a common ground before, and I'm sure that works in the corporate world. It's 100 percent the same, yeah. It's and, relationship. And you're building relationships. What you were saying before about like creating a relationship and working out whether it's going to work as isolated from the solution. So it's like, yeah, I can do this technically, but what are you trying to achieve? And how does that align with how I work and how mm. you work? Like that is the most important part, not the solution. And it's the same way that I operate in, in what I do. Yeah. Exactly the same. For do sure. you think you did that because you've been that since I met you? And we used to talk about me, me and because me and Delby met you at the same time and we were both like, you can put Josh anywhere because he, and we used to joke about like working the room and stuff like that. But you were a chameleon in the sense that you could you could fit into any situation and it wasn't, fake you yeah, see fake yeah. pe- i know fake people and they they can do that but it's like kind of awkward for everyone but i f- always felt like you had like a almost a subconscious understanding of how to do that without yeah. without realizing that you were like i remember yeah. one time me and you went for a drink at a fucking a bar in a basement on fucking um saint george's terrace and i went to the toilet yeah, I, know. <laughs> I went to the t- and we were like fish out of water completely and um, I went to the toilet and then I came back and he was talking to like a 70-year-old man. Yeah. And, they, and I was like- He owned a gold mine. Yeah. Oh. And, I just ca- and I just came <laughs> nah. back and, and just sat next to him and didn't impose on the conversation. And they were talking about watches. And then the dude was like giving him his business card and all of this. And I was like, what just happened? And he's like, I recognize that the watch on his wrist was really expensive. And you guys, I don't know, you had something. And yeah. then you were like, he's invited me to his humidor or some shit. Like, we went and had cigars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, I, I do do that, but it's genuine. Like I do want to hear about yeah, yeah. people's experience because I know, I think a lot of it, I probably have to credit my like dad and mum for in that, you know, I grew up in the middle East. So I did all of my primary schooling in Bahrain and the people that you associate with, I think when you get that kind of cultural experience, you understand that anyone could be anyone. You shouldn't discount anyone yeah. on face value and just have that conversation and be genuinely interested in what they have to say. Um, and then you develop a bond like that. It's very easy to be almost dismissive. It's like, oh, yeah, what do you do? Oh, yeah, cool. Because like you guys were saying before, I'm already leading into what I do, yeah. what I like to do. Yeah. I I'm happily, only asking you questions to get my Exactly. Foot there, you know? I, I happily play second fiddle. 
mm. because I, I'm I'm confident and I am. You're secure. I, like I'm you secure have personal security. I, I don't give a fuck about what you do. It has no balance on what I do. If you're interested, let's talk about it. But at the moment, like I'm interested in you. Let's I let's think, talk. Yeah, that. and that, I think that's a big thing. It's like everyone's got a story to tell. It's like everyone deserves one chance, at least one chance, maybe even two. You know, like if you like don't get a good vibe from someone, it's like maybe they have an off day. Try and connect, but it's like. I think like, everyone's got a cool story to tell and it's like it's about finding that and like thriving off it, I think. And coming back to that thing, it's like my social time, I suppose, has come down since having a kid because it's like being a dad is a, a big juggle. Uh, but I think sometimes I feel like I'm lacking that social connect a little bit. So it's like I'm trying to this year trying to like make some time for that, you know, and whether it's like it's not like going out and hustling, it's like just hanging out with people, different people doing different things. things Are like you – do you think that that's something – because last time you were here, you were talking about the cogs. You were like, I need to have like health, work. Yeah, yeah. And then social life. And it, do you think that from having it – because you just – you. You just had Jackson when you came last time. Yeah. It was like, do you think, th- is that something that you, because obviously it's it's something that you were not preaching, but you were cognizant. like, this is where yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. cognizant it's, of. It's, it's, it's like when that comes in, do you think that that was something that you were immediately aware of or did you notice a feeling of like- I think a feeling where yeah. I'm like, I feel like I'm lacking in that department. Like I get energy from like hanging out with people. Like yeah. there's certain people Completely. I know I can go for a run with or like go have a coffee with and walk away and be like, that was cool. Energized. You know, like good energy. Mm. Uh, I I get ja- like I get gassed up on it. You know? Yeah, completely. And it's not something, it's about being able to be introspective and being like, well, what do I feel like I'm lacking? You know, where it's like, the, again, those those main cogs are there, but it's like knowing that, that cog isn't spinning, that social connection, it's like, oh, I do have to like pull back on something else to be able to do that. And it's a small calibration change. It's not like a big fucking Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all just like ratios. Like those things are going to spin. It's like if you just pull the speed down on something else, you know, you you create space for that to spin. So it's like, and it might not have to spin for ages. I could do it for a month and be like, oh, I fill my cup with that. So maybe I don't have to do it as much as I was. But it's like maybe sometimes you have to over- overcompensate that balance to be able to go, okay, well, how much is too much? It's the same as anything in your life. Like if I was just dadding and didn't care about anything else, I know I'd burn out on it. But it's like the same as work. If I, I did too much of that or too much, whatever, it's like everything has a balance. Not methamphetamine. <laughs> the whole no. time I was talking about yeah, meth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no methamphetamine. That's just a, not just, in the a, just a sprinkle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is with our obsession with, <laughs> with meth. Yeah, 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 I knew. I could see it in your eyes. I was like, no, that's not one of the cogs of life. It's like you. But yeah, you gotta you gotta be again. Coming back to that is like in, being introspective, being able to stop and have a look at yourself from like an objective point of view, and be like, well, why aren't I? feeling fulfilled what's not filling my cup and I, I feel like i taking it away makes me go oh i actually do really enjoy that that gives me a level of energy and and uh uh balance that actually helps me for the rest of the thing so it's like do you break that down do, do you do you consciously break that down into those three categories and go i'm feeling off let's look at this or you you think you're pretty in tune with it <sighs> I think it's very hard to be in tune on the fly. Yeah, fully. Because you, a majority of life is like pretty painstaking. It's like 
you chop wood and fetch water, you know, like you do the things you have to do to get through the day. And it's like sometimes you get so caught up in that, you know, like just getting through it, you know. It's, as I said, like I wake up at like most days I wake up at about anywhere between 6 and 6.30. I take my son in the morning so my so Rachel can actually have a bit of time to herself and I can help her out. Obviously she's still involved but wait till he goes down for a nap take off to work and then I'll train in the evening, get home, do my washing, do errands, have dinner, whatever, and then go to bed, redo it all again. And it's very easy to get stuck in when your day is crammed full of shit to like stop and look at that. But it's like until you you get into the practice of like having that feeling of being like what's missing here, you know, like where it's like I feel like a hollowness somewhere or a, something's not running right and it's you got to stop and go, well, what is that? You know, and it's it can come in multiple ways. You know, just having an ability to stop—it's it's fucking hard to be introspective because it's like to point. It's very easy to point the finger. It's like you, you when you point a finger, there's always three fingers pointing back. You know, it's like you have to look at what am I doing to like not be changing this situation. You know, and it, it's getting more challenging as I go through life because I'm taking on more responsibility. But it's like you have to make time because it's like if you're not functioning, if your machine isn't functioning, nothing else is going to function. Mm. You know, it's yeah. Like, put your own seatbelt on first, sort of shit. Yeah, yeah that's it. The I'm, oxygen mask in the plane. Sorry, I need to piss again. Okay, let's take a small break. Where hey. are and we're back. What? It- Hello. Yeah. Here I was thinking this whole podcast was I was going to be telling fucking club scene stories. You know what? If you want to touch on it, you can. Uh, I think there's more to it than this. It's like. Well, I think when we we had the last one, it was just like, oh, you could do six of these. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I think our club scene take what we did, I think we have very different views on it you reckon yeah like i think so i think when i i respected it for what it was it was it was a time in my life it was really weird i'd never expect myself doing it but it's like so you guys like it was kind of a glory day for you guys you know like uh you guys got to dj and party and do all this crazy shit but it's like for me it's like it was a means to an end. Yeah, well, you were going through. I think the thing is that, like, as as it started, not even as it started, like early on, you were going through some pretty major fucking life things, and I, yeah, yeah, wasn't like I definitely look back on it like it was like a movie I watched. I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like I it makes any bearing on who I am as a person now. No, it's no, just no. It was like a, it was just a, like a quite unique time of your life, right? You know, like it was like who would have picked that? Yeah, you know, it was, like a, it was a weird in, turn. Leading in, you wouldn't have picked that it would have happened. No, and me. even now you'd be like, that's kind of fucking weird that that took place, yeah. right? But it's like, you know, I see it quite differently because I think I was there doing a job and don't get me wrong, it wasn't not enjoyable. Like I made some fucking great friends and had some great times, but it's like I would come home to a very sick now white well, partner who's now my wife and I was in survival mode for a long time of that. For a majority of it, I was just in survival mode. Like I was like 
it led to, again, what we touched on in the last podcast, like led to post-traumatic stress and depression and things like that. And I was like, you, the saying where it's like, you save for the rainy day. I was in the rainy day when I was trying to save. So I was like trying to protect someone, look after someone. And I was like, I felt very stuck. And I was, I didn't go out to the regular club, like the other club nights and party and socialize and go to after parties and shit like that because I had someone to take care of at the time. And I was like seeing people live in their life to the fullest and be the guys. And I just kind of wasn't that, you know? So it's like, to me, I see it quite differently and I saw some fucking wild shit and like to the end of that I was like you had permanently changed the way I had viewed human beings because all I saw was like the fucking worst of people all the time I became I thought that was the norm of how people were where it's like you saw some fucking wild shit and I was like I'm gonna see someone die one day and I got pretty fucking close to that right like you guys know what happened and it's like it was different for me, I think, my perspective of it. Not to say it was bad, but it was just quite different to you. Like, Josh, you've relished in the party of it and, like, really got into it and you were like, this is a fact, you know, like free ride, you know. You were DJing and, you know, like playing to a fucking club room full of people and, you know, playing DJ sets at festivals and doing this and that and, like, you had these, like, I suppose extracurricular benefits of the job, right? Yeah, Definitely. Uh, but for me, it was like I was just doing me. Like I would – my life outside of that wasn't the best. Like it was quite stressful. And and so maybe I see it differently, you know, like I, I, I see it as a as a means to an end. I respect what it got me and I, res- I respect it so fucking much that the fact that in the most stressful time of my life I was able to make good money and like look after someone who was sick. And, and, and there was an ebb and that. flow where you could – pull back yeah yeah i didn't have to be at a nine to five i had to like pay invoices and answer emails during the week and then at night time on the weekends i was able to just go out till three or four in the morning and that was my job you know uh so it was like i think it was i think our perspective of it may be like slightly different i think it would i think it would have to be you know what like i feel like and we'd spoke about this before privately like I feel like because when we went into that club scene thing, I was coming out of like a mad traumatic period because yeah. I just gone through like the all the suicide stuff with someone that I was really yeah. close with, and then you, we had this kind of. I think you you were a bit more fair weather at that point, and then you had this stuff with rage, and I was like, I was kind of away from the bad. I was I was tr- I was like running away from the bad times in a way. So like a lot of it for me when I look back on it that that time was like it availed me to be able to like fucking run away like i went to the i went to america yeah and then i would just like when it, it that was a way for me to just be like i don't I'm want out. fucking yeah, any yeah. responsibility and that freed me up to do that and then when the club scene thing ironically when it was coming to an end dad got sick so i felt like i got like a at least somewhat of a perspective of what it would be like in a situation where, because there was a long period there where you were like, I don't even know if Rach is going to fucking make it. Yeah. And I then lived that. And then during that period with dad where it was like, I mean, it was terminal. So I knew, and I did, I definitely did make that part. Like you don't get a choice in it, but it was just like, for me, I, I, I took, I took that into every fucking experience that I had from mm, there. You carry and, it. Like yeah. something traumatic you carry. So it's like when we were going to parties and shit, I couldn't, 
fully let go and enjoy myself because I was like, I'm carrying a heavy load. Yeah, and you almost feel guilty enjoying yourself. Yeah, and no detriment to Rachel at all. Like, Mm. I I stand by what I did and it's fine. Like, look, we have a beautiful baby boy now and and life is pretty crazy. Like, it's, it's hectic, but it's cool. But it's like, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's it's it's. I kind of lost my my way in talking about this, but yeah, it's it's definitely different. Like you carry a load when you have a traumatic experience, and maybe you're not able to fully enjoy the things. That I don't are think. Well, you're not fully there. Yeah, like yeah. because what you're doing is you're actually because and and I did this for a long time where I was like, I don't even feel like I'm here. Like I'm yeah. kind of pretending to Dude, be the person. You're that- like, you're, you're definitely a shell when you're like, I used to have like these weird situations where I would like blackout driving because I was under so much stress and like worry. And I would just like end up at places like driving after clubs. <laughs> yeah. I would like end up at the beach at like 4am and just be like, I have no idea how I drove here or how I got here. And I wouldn't tell anyone about it because I was just like, that's fucking weird but I have to deal with this, you know, like. Super interesting from my perspective because I wasn't close to you then like I am now. Yeah. Um, I was probably closer to Scott, but you guys played interesting roles in that, in that Scott was kind of the front man for it. He was yeah, the one yeah, who yeah. was most visible, right? And he's the one I started talking to first. I didn't even know that you were involved. Yeah. First time I met you, I think it was at Control downstairs at um, at Bar Open and you DJed and I was like, what? Oh, the, I want to impress this guy. Like I want, I want him to be my friend because you exuded this confidence and this. I've got my shit sorted. Um, like <laughs> how like wrong thing, right? Were. Exactly. <laughs> and even now, thinking back, like irrespective of the the like the Rach um, and, and of Rach and, and her situation <laughs> at the time, even through all of that, I always look to you as like the strongest one like you had your shit together you had the house you had the dog you had the wife you had your shit together from an outside view mm. but internally you're literally crumbling yeah i'm like <laughs> these foundations are breaking <laughs> really yeah. fast boys yeah. and i was i was kind of aware of that and i was i remember cognizantly like trying to Oh, there was help there. you enjoy yourself during yeah. that but it was like being and, able to see that from the other and, side and i think you were very good at reading like where you needed to pick up the slack for me. Yeah. Like you knew when I was like having an off time or when I just wasn't present at all because of chemotherapy or, or something going on, you know, and you would pick up the slack for me and you would – but, yeah, I do definitely remember you going like, enjoy yourself. Like let's go out to this thing. And I'm like, man, I'm just like the shadow guy. Like I'm the yeah. guy that like lurks in the background and like just like – Finesses things, but you didn't you know? really have the faculties to be able to do that. Like I understood that afterwards because it was like when I went through that stuff yeah, it's context, with, with dad, right? and yeah, and contextually, and it you're did- like, just be happy, bro. Yeah. This is good. <laughs> I'm like, nah. <laughs> but it's like you don't have those those receptors are turned off because you're in survival mode. And I yeah. did it, and it was five years. It was five fucking years of like of this period of just like whoa, yeah. Like I live in this horror. And anything that I do outside of that horror is like just me off. trying yeah. to just just trying to keep the fucking wheels spinning in some way. But it's like this isn't reality. This is reality. Yeah. And it's a fucking. This is just a cover for the other shit that goes on at the core. Yeah. And you can never understand that. Like yeah. I couldn't. I remember I was. I would. I would always empathize, and I would always do my best to empathize. But like until I was going through a, a situation which 
created that where I was like where trauma was the baseline of it. I was like, oh, I remember when yeah. it was happening, just being like, fuck. Yeah, context is the great unveiler. Yeah. Like until you have empathy for someone's situation because you've somewhat experienced something similar, you have no idea. No, no. You know? Like it's it's just like, oh, that's weird. You and know? in fairness, I, I think that. even knowing that on the back end, I couldn't have actually acted any differently in that. Like no, I was no, no. Yeah, yeah. And, and vice versa. And me saying that you guys like capitalized on it. It's yeah. not like me like going, well, fuck you guys. You guys no, have to but have you're fun. just like you can. It's just like you were able to. Yeah. I wasn't able to. But it's like, God damn, I saw some wild shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, like I was never in the club. I was like outside the club. And I had like a whole bunch of people who respected that and were like, let's go watch people like beat each other up. <laughs> and I was like, cool. And I would bounce back and forth. Like I would because yeah. I would get to do this one hour of like being in front of it all. And then I would be like, and just like yeah, yeah. fucking fade into the background. Because I think both of us at the time, like I wasn't really fucking getting hammered drunk or like no, no, no. doing yeah. any of that. It was like, I found the performative side of it, which I think, cause I'd stopped doing music with bands and stuff. I was like, yeah, this is that's a cool something outlet. that, yeah. yeah, it's something that I needed an outlet for. But then it was like nice to be able to just go, nah, this is what we do for a living. This isn't what we do. Yeah. This, this, this isn't well, some extension that's, that's of my personality. It's like you see some of the people who were essentially competitors to us, <laughs> and that was the identity they were Dude, fighting we, for an identity yeah yeah they were like i'm gonna be the guy here mm. I was like, but we hey. already had friends we'd already had friends and been pretty comfortable in who we were yeah, yeah. i don't think i was i, I wasn't to, trying I to be anything. to be the guy in the club scene. Yeah. i was like i got no fucking interest like i got no there was always separation in that where it was yeah, like yeah. uh i don't really like if anything i feel a bit awkward about being this person. yeah i reckon i could count probably the true friends i have now from those days on like my fingers and toes Easy. yeah yeah because everyone just kind of washes out, you know, and there's dudes, it's like, well, what the fuck are they doing now? But it's like, I'm, I'm fucking glad I got out with, with my skin still because <laughs> a lot of these motherfuckers over-invested in no, like- we didn't necessarily have to leave. Was, you know, like it yeah. was, that was the thing. It was like, yeah, we left because we, we, we were like, I remember having conversations where you were like, I think both of us, I remember one time we went to Dorsia. And we'd both let that go. Like, we'd accepted 100% yeah, like, that that was just a is, business. This train is on fire. Let's yeah. just run it into some station. And it, but it just kept going. It stayed on fire for so long. And yeah. I remember it one time. It was a cool fire to watch though, right? It I fucking, was like, let's make this as fucking hectic as possible. It became like anthropology, dude. Like, we started just watching that as like, oh, studying the human condition. It was like, Fuck and me. then it became weird because it was like, yeah, this is a train wreck. But the people here are having a really good time. Yeah. And I was like, I have nothing in common with them, but I can't discount. Like, I don't hate them and I don't hate that yeah. they're having a good time. And it was like, I remember walking through there and we were like, do we stop this now? Or like, do no. And it's like, dude, it's making more money than it's ever made. And it was like, all right, now this is weird. Because we were just kind of watching. Yeah. We were just managing this like. We're middlemen to chaos. Yeah, it was like we'd like created this weird diorama of bacteria and it was just fucking growing into a fucking thriving ecosystem. Yeah. And we were like, okay. And people would come and see us there and be like, this is disgusting. And I was <laughs> like- We know. It really fucking is, but I'm getting paid, son. Yeah. You know what's <laughs> fucked about that is like some people would rock up and be like, like they would feel it was their duty to be like- Oh, who the are people? people? In there? I was like- the fuck do I come to your job and say like who's eating fucking who's eating bacon and eggs at your fucking restaurant? Yeah. It was like who opened a have some can? fucking respect. It's like dude, we're still making a fucking ton of money, but it was always the funny thing was, was like 
we both maintained what we did for a living and that was a diff- that was an extra thing and as much as it allowed us to take the gas off those things and just work on projects we wanted to work on and for you you got to spend more time with yeah yeah with Rach and stuff like that it was like from the absolute get go we were like this is not going to last very long and yeah, then it just wouldn't, had- and then it just wouldn't we were die like, die please <laughs> i need to move on <laughs> jesus finally Christ. though at the end you guys sold it and then it died immediately immediately yeah what does that say yeah you know People are fucking. Maybe you're closer to the uh, clientele than you. (laughs) I know my people, baby. (laughs) I told, I told, I said it earlier. I was like, fucking, get in touch with the freaks. No shit. Because it's like it's a great thing to witness. You can learn a lot from people you have nothing in common Mm -hmm. with, or at least make money out of them. (sighs) Either way, either way, it's a benefit, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's funny seeing now because Johnny has continued, like, because I mean, Johnny was a fucking lost soul when we met him and he, he started DJing and then now, and now he DJs weddings and he's built, he's working yeah, he's, in this studio with me. He's pivoted. Yeah, completely pivoted, but he's like, dude, the number of people that are getting married that are from fucking, that met at, mm-hmm. at I was a, literally talking to Crafter about that yesterday. Yeah, he, he had a like, fucking child. I had a child to thank for the club nights you run. And I was like, I wonder how many. Hey, yeah. it's got to be so many. We, yeah. I've been responsible yeah. for. Well, not directly responsible for. <laughs> yeah, but I like. I didn't inseminate anyone, but. Yeah, that grew out of that fucking yeah. diorama. If you are listening and that is you, then let us know. Please, so fucking I need some data on that yeah. shit. I want to know who bred from meeting at a club night. Bred, married, divorced. Yeah, please. Let me know. Patreon, let me know. <laughs> you uh, know, Danny was saying, I was, speak- I was speaking to Danny because he works on Mindside and he goes, the number of times I'm sitting around a table and people will be talking about like Steve Aoki or Or what Canvas they did when or, they were younger. Or like whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I need to shut the fuck up because I used to say, oh yeah, we- toward him or like I ran this club or we did this and that and he's like people just will look at him like he's an asshole or like that he's lying and he's like I just shut the fuck up now yeah he's like but that's the thing it's like we there was a a essentially created glory days for people where it's like Mm. that's where I belong that's where I'm gonna Mm. go and all different levels of things it's like it was that period of like because yeah. i do think that most people have like an eight year period of yeah from like just going out and partying 18 and to then, tw- 18 to 26 28 yeah and then they're like oh, i'm kind of over it and i think i was 24 when that started and i was like i'd just been through such a wildly fucking traumatic fucking i think it was about 18 months where I didn't, where I had done like what you did with Rach and I just kind of pulled back. And then we started the club scene right at the end of that. And I just ran away to America. And then you were like, dude, you're going to have to come back because this is fucking double. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I came I back. I there going, oh, this is fucking pretty crazy, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and it got, and I remember the phone call. I was in LA and I was just talking to you. I was like, Jesus Christ. So I came back and then it was like, it was a, a long period of time where it was just like, Gangbusters. This is done. We used to call it our mining boom. <laughs> yeah. This is my mines, bro. Yeah. But, like, like I mean, I th- most people only got that short period and I felt like I had this, like, prolonged youth. Yeah. And then I was uh, hyper aware man, of it as like, it was happening. Imagine being in that industry now. Dude, I couldn't. Well, we saw that in the beginning. It was like, be don't blind. end up being that. Because yeah. you'd see there was no there was no success stories. Fucking dude. There was no success stories in that fucking something. scene. Oh, yeah. And just trying to capitalize off like younger people. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's icky, dude. That's yeah. Luck. What was the Sloom's McKenzie, like the fucking um the thing on yeah, the Yeah, the guy who never never stops partying. Yeah, and he takes his glasses off and he's like, kill me. Yeah. 
Fuck, I'd be going to Bunnings and measuring up ropes. <laughs> when it was over, there was a huge sense of relief. Can I get this on relief. trade account, please? Huge sense of relief. But at the same time, it ended. I think it ended amicably. Oh, 100%. Amicably, yeah. But we'd made a decision to do it because you could see the weather was changing and then it was like, well, we came out without, we came out with money, so it was fine. Yeah, yeah. But then it was also like that was when my hell began. Like it was, it was like the year before that and then as it faded out and then I was like, I now don't have the money that I, like I just yeah. have money coming in all the time and I was like, oh, I'm fucked and I need to, mm. I was fine because I had, enough expertise behind me but i was like oh my god like yeah this is i now need to it all kind of happened at once and i was like oh the whole life i knew is just this just just went yeah and disappeared and i was like what the fuck yeah it took it took me a fair bit of like uh i suppose it was like a a decompression period and then Mm. i was like well i gotta take something seriously and go into it but I think that was a funny thing at the time. It's like, we didn't really have to take too much seriously. And to be honest with everyone, like, it wasn't that much work to run that shit. It yeah. was like, we, because, because we built a structured way of doing it. And it had a skill set that yeah. supported it behind 100%. it. Whether it was learned or, or gained, like, already owned, it's like you were able to do a majority of the things. But it just felt like an experience. Like like a <laughs> lucrative way to tread water because you knew it wasn't going to last forever. I mean, we yeah. dipped our toes in, like, touring we were like, oh, maybe we'll tour people yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And then it was just we like- We tried a few different things. But it was like, yeah, this is- I, I don't enjoy fun. this. this yeah. is, and this is harder to make shitty money. And there's a re- way more risk. It's yeah, like, harder work to make less is there, money. Is there anything in that time that you regret? I don't Ooh. think so. I think it was- like, Would I, you have done anything differently? Um, I don't know. We, we spoke about this. I think it was like the second podcast. I don't think so. Like, I think I lived, I did what I needed to do and that's what everyone does. But like at the time, like I needed to escape from, like I got that early fucking negative dark situation and I was like treading water and just trying to find my way. And through doing that, it was like, I think a lot of people would have gone into just partying and like th- as an escape from that it was like i kind of got to do that and also get paid for it get paid but at the same time like you were a counterweight to that because you were you had your head screwed on i think if we were both in the mentality that potentially i was in when it started it would have gone down the same road as fucking everyone else did mm. you know what i mean yeah but like it was like we verse. but i think at the same time like both of us were already established in i think who we were as people to a degree like we were both we hadn't been like outcasts like we were both had friends i had like mm. lots of friends i had already done shit so yeah, we didn't it was need to for, prove ourselves to people like, yeah, yeah like so it or don't. part of that it was like i always felt like i was a fucking visitor in that world even when we were even though i was in it for so long i was like yeah i yeah, this isn't normal. You always have to me. one foot out. You're just yeah, like, completely. And that I made care it. care about this. Like, so, I, I wouldn't be there if I had to pay to go there. Yeah, not 100%. And that was another thing that was really weird because I didn't go out for 10 years without being that. You know, I could go to a club that I fucking ran and we didn't have to be there all the time. We'd set it up yeah. that way. But then I could go somewhere else and it was like I kind of knew people and stuff. So then going out socially after that it all ended and I'd gone into this insular fucking situation, it was like, why the fuck am I here? Like, why am I in a fucking bar? Or why am I in a nightclub? Like, yeah, you kind of capture it. Like, I, I, you just I like remember it. When, we were, when we were in it, I would be like, 
wouldn't like going to other places because I'm like, this just feels like I'm at work. Yeah. I want to do anything but Well, there was, no, there was zero purpose in it. I think we yeah. had been like so connected to the outcome that it was like, I can enjoy myself within the outcome. Yeah. But it's the same as, it's the same as you, Josh. It's like, would you have partied as hard if you didn't like – could leverage off what we did because you were friends with us, you know, like we were like, go fucking party, you know, it's that same thing. It's like when it's easy to do, you do it, but it's like maybe you wouldn't have done, would have done it less. It was you know? just an I don't environment. Think I'd be a that. full go out guy if I wasn't doing club scene, but it's like because it was a work hours, it was, it was just justified. What I did. Yeah, yeah, it's just what I did. I just be, became a night owl and hang out till like four or five a.m. every weekend and just kick it with people and yeah and we did have each other to be like oh this isn't real the, you know like at the same time i think that was like the interesting yeah. yeah the interesting thing with you was that you came in and we were all kind of just living the same life to some degree i mean you had less responsibility but you also had less um financial outcome from it but you you pulled the ripcord and i was like Ah, that was the first time someone had done that. And I was like, oh, you, this isn't reality. This isn't life. It's like, no, this is like a little holiday mm. before, I, before I figure out what the fuck I'm going to do, before I start taking life seriously. And I was like, I'm going to have to do that at some point, but it would be so irresponsible to stop doing this right now. Yeah. Make hay while the sun shines. Yeah. But I think I, for me, it's like I, I'm very happy that I was able to like bring so many of my friends into the fold. Like we wouldn't work with people we didn't really like. Not I at suppose, all. You know, like so people working the doors or taking photos or even playing or whatever. It's like we were able to like help people get through university and like get some cash on the side and do things because it was just like keep it in the fold and have like really fucking good dinners often mm, because yeah. we were like, ah, oh, yeah, got the business, yeah, let's go, you know. like I did struggle a little bit. Post that, and I think this is because I went a little bit insular with like the own shit that I had going on, where I was like, I thought that I had strong friendships like I do with you guys. I thought that I had that with more people. And then I realized as I stopped being a plug for them to have a good time, my yeah. my association with them, like I just wouldn't hear from them anymore. And I would be like, I saw that. I saw that coming pretty early when yeah. like new clubs would pop up and things like that, and be like, "Oh no, I'm not playing. I'm gonna go play at this place." And it's like, yeah. "Oh, cool." It just like, it was just one of those things where it's like, like, "That's cool. You do what you need to do." But it's like, I got used I to remember. seeing my friends. Yeah, yeah. I got used to seeing my friends every week. You know, like I would go somewhere and it was yeah. like, "Cheers." It was like a, social it was like a place where, where everyone, everyone knew got your name. Paid, you know? Yeah, and then when that went, I was like, "Oh," I kind of felt a little bit. And it was probably unjustified because I was in that kind of negative headspace anyway. But I was like, ah, oh, fuck these guys. They were just there to mooch. Yeah, I think a lot of people were, for yeah. sure. Like, but then there's also some people that are like fucking lifelong friends. Like I went and saw Casey <laughs> yesterday. She oh, has, shit. She has, she has a child. child yeah. yeah. And I hung out with that child. Oh, and that's I was like, sick. I tried to catch up with her last time I was down south. Yeah. And she's like, she literally worked the doors for pretty much the whole time we were yeah, ending it. Dude. And it's like, that's my mate. For real. And I'm really good friends with it. Like I really enjoy her partner. And it's like I feel awesome because I've got a friend like that and now I'm like hanging with her child and it's cool, you know, and I was able to like pay money that it didn't was no tax to me. I trusted her with like a lot of money and did things and it was like 
fucking awesome. You realize the thing is like by doing that because you kind of forget how many people we went through to get to that. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you're a real one. Like you're a yeah, real yeah. fucking. And that's it. It's like that's, yeah, there was so many fucking mooches for sure. But it's like I think there was also a whole lot of real people that I'm still friends with now that yeah. like that hung around, you know. Fuck, I'm in business with Sean, with, with Finney, yeah, who's no like he came into the fold as a little – like nightclub photographer dweeb and now he's helping me run the show of what I need what we want to achieve together. You Get know? to know the freaks, bro. <laughs> Get to know the freaks. Dude, the freaks are the the freaks are the best, man. You gotta give everyone a chance. For you know real. what the, you know what this episode's gonna be tired, don't you? Lots <laughs> <laughs> already got that man. shit. <laughs> Get to know the freaks. Dude, yeah. we, we need to do part three. We're actually gonna run out of time on the fucking recorder for the audio. Oh yeah. no. Um yeah, this has been sick. An absolute pleasure, Delby, as always. Hey, I'm here for it. And also, God bless. Oh, oh. before, yes. Ash Waddell is my best friend. I love you, Wadsy. <laughs> you're such, you're my best friend. Does Wadsy listen? I yeah, he does. He better fucking paper the Patreon. He fucking, I'm going to cut that out. And I'm, no, don't cut no, it I'm out. No, I'm going to put it on the Patreon because and tell him that it's only on there. He is like, give me a shout out. I'm like, he deserves it. He's like, you fucking should get him on. Because he's one of the funniest, naturally funny people I've he, ever met. It would hilarious. be a nonsensical maybe hour you'll get out of him, but it will fucking I played rule. I played golf with him and Stefan the other day and it was fucking hilarious. He's a fucking maniac I and I love him. Absolute yeah. legend. What up, Wadzi? And for anyone who's on the Patreon recently that we didn't shout out today, we will hit you next week because we don't have the computer or a producer in front of us to sanity check it. So we'll be back. Hey, God bless. I'll, I'll be back. Peace. Peace. Thanks, brother. See ya.